Happy New Year and welcome to Ghost Divers. This is an anime podcast on the Export Audio Network. I'm your co-host, Denise, and I'm joined as always by your other co-host, Connor. Welcome, everyone. Happy New Year. Um, and I just want to, I want to start things off here with, uh, you know, a, a bit of an apology. Um, I want to get my, my DVD case of, uh, Barry Lyndon off of my shelf and I opened it up and I, I feel like on, on Pondering Puton, it was maybe before or after recording, but I think on a recording, I talked about how there are some movies that back in the day I would get from Netflix and then I would rip to my computer and then burn them onto like a, a blank DVD. Like I would just like rip the ISO files or whatever. Um, and so there was a, a, a like burned DVD with nothing written on it. And I was like, well, that's weird. I thought that I like, I have the case for Barry Lyndon and I put yeah. it in. Um, and it was the Cromartie high school movie. Mm hmm. So I watched the Cromartie. I don't know if you watch Barry so, yeah. Lyndon. So that's what we're going with, <laughs> but I watched the Cromartie high school movie. Got it. That's what we're going with. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, we can tell the actual story, but I, I had this like, you know, stupid joke thing. Um, it was, we were, it, well, it was, it was good. I, I enjoyed yeah. it. Uh, well, here, here's the real story, <laughs> uh, which is, I, I think there's enough confusion that it warrants like that this disaster <laughs> warrants an actual, uh, don't worry, we are doing Barry Lyndon, just not in this episode, which I'm thankful for, because I am currently sick, and I do not think I could sustain a New Year special where we have to talk about Barry Lyndon at the end. Yeah. I think I, w- I, think I would, like, just collapse under the, the ironing board that I use, so. Yeah. So, yeah, we're not doing Barry Lyndon. I apologize if you were really excited to hear about Barry Lyndon right now. Uh that it wasn't you our intent be able to, to hear us talk about it soon. Yeah. And we are, I don't know if you're announcing the format yet that we're doing that in, but yeah, I, I figure we will announce it here. Um, should we do that first and then, and then we can tell the actual story. Yes. Yeah. So, um, basically like <clears throat> when you had this idea, uh, I uh, was like immediately pe- attributing blame. <laughs> I, I was like, people might be excited for that. And if they are, we'll just do it on ornate stairwells. Um, and they were, so we're going to do it on ornate stairwells. And they were so excited about it that it went from, this is some time that we'll do in early 2024 to like January 5th. We're going to record the Barry Lyndon episode of ornate stairwells. You were going to guest on that. Um, and it'll come out on the ninth. Um, so January yeah. 9th, which people are listening to this like the first. So you still have like a little bit of time if you like miss the chance to write in, but you have watched Barry Lyndon sense and want to write into, you can go to ghost, write it to ghost divers pod at gmail.com. I'll just like handle all of the ones for that. Normally, um, autumn would handle emails, but I already have stuff. Like if you wrote in with Barry Lyndon questions here, we are going to answer those in the ornate yeah. circles episode. But, um, yeah, there was, there was a little, uh, I think it, you, you can tell your version. Cause I, I remember <laughs> how it went for me, which uh. is we agreed on Cromartie high school. I joked about like, oh, we don't want to do Barry Lyndon cause it'd be a really long movie that we would have to cover. Well, um, okay. So, <laughs> you know, it's gone bad when we start to turn on each other with their different versions of the story. Okay. Here's, what's your, what's your, 
So this was like after we had recorded Putan or whatever, and we we're trying to finalize. It was my turn to pick the New Year's special material. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, you know, we we're kind of just like talk. Uh, well, and I always struggle with this. Um, and then we were just kind of talking about it and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just do the Cromarty high movie. Uh, because I haven't, I haven't seen it. And, yeah, and we've been kind of talking about like, maybe we'll do a season where we'll do some live action adaptations of series that we've done. Like the Nana ones we would do like at some yeah. point in an yeah. ambiguous future. Yeah. And I think that's actually how we got to it was like, we we're talking yeah. about Nana and then we're like, Oh, let's do the Crow high film. Um, because I, again, I haven't seen it. Like it'll be a great, it's a great fit for like the new year special. Cause it's a looser. Um, and then also part of the issue is like each new year special, uh, it doesn't exactly like accumulate, but there's a little bit of like accumulation effect so that there's more like more stuff to rank. There's like, yeah. probably going to be more emails as it goes on. I'm sure there'll be like a certain point where it'll even out, but um yeah, there's you know. there's like New Year's special specific material mm-hmm. that like takes time to get through. Uh and then it's like it, it's hard to do a really good discussion of a movie. I mean, we've done it in the past, but it's just hard to like fit it all in together. Yeah. Uh and so I'm like, yeah, I don't, you know, as much as I want to do like a really serious movie that we like, uh, I think it'd be nice to just do like Crow High and it's not a big deal. And we could just like, it's another thing we can laugh about, but there's no, it's not as big of a commitment that we're going to want to do a good job, like discussing. Yeah. It. Uh, and so then I'm like, okay, how about this? Let's do Cromarty High. But let's announce it as something like highfalutin or in serious. Uh, at which point you were like immediately, just like strangely quickly. What about Barry Lyndon? <laughs> because because it's a highfalutin, really long movie um, that I like a lot and that I want to do a podcast on at some point. Yeah, but you like had it ready and I was like, that's fucking perfect. Yeah, Barry <laughs> Lyndon. Like, that's great. Uh, yeah. this will be hilarious to announce it as Barry Lyndon and then it's not Barry Lyndon. Um, it's, it's Crow High instead. And then yeah. we're like, well, and then the good thing about this is if like, if people do get excited about Barry Lyndon, uh, then we'll just do, we'll do it on stairwells pretty soon thereafter. And so it won't be like, a, it, it, it's all good. Um, yeah. but then <laughs> I think it became clear this was a mistake right away. Like as soon as we announced it, people were like, Oh my God, Barry Lyndon. I'm like, I'm so pumped. <laughs> I feel like very few people also noticed that when I announced it, um, like for the, the tweet for emails, uh, I did do it editing the posters so that, uh, instead of the rose, it's stepping on the, the velvet underground banana, which is a reference to the banana peels in the Cromarty high school movie. Yeah. But yeah. Which one person caught an email yes. in about. Yeah, so I only saw one there. person who, who saw it and, and was like, what's up with this? So. Yeah, but then, <laughs> so, like, days went by, 
and people were just like continuing to be excited. And I think neither one of us, we like acknowledged it between ourselves. Like, Oh yeah, I guess people are, (laughs) people are excited about Barry Lyndon. Like no big deal. We'll just, you know, we have a plan. Uh, And then the final straw for, for me, and this is just how I knew it was like a faded error for us to make, to, to do this. Yeah. The final straw for me was last night when like Ryan O'Neill passed away. Uh, and it may have been just like announced last night. I don't know the exact, like when he died. Yeah. Uh, but um, someone, I think Aiden posted in the yeah. discord, like, Oh shit. Like Ryan O'Neill just died right before the Barry Lind- the recording of the Barry Lyndon episode. And I'm standing in my kitchen, like, eating almonds at like 2 a.m. Just like, fuck me. Oh my God. (laughs) Just like everything. So everything that could like turn it, that could make that joke fail completely just happened. Uh, So rest in peace, Ryan O'Neill. We will talk about you very soon. Yeah. Um, And I'm sorry that Neve cursed you with the Velvet Underground banana. <laughs> um, the other thing is, like, then today I was like, before we record, I, I think we should just figure out the actual plan so we can say it on the recording. Um, so then I was like, at first I was just messaging uh, Autumn directly about it because it just sort of randomly, like, we were talking about general plan stuff. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to, like, move this over to the group chat so that we can just all plan this right now before we record. But yeah. Um, I mean, I think it'll also work out because it, it is a long movie. Um, and I have very little in the way of like podcast recording and those sorts of commitments over Yule. So I, I will find time in there to watch the movie. Um, my guess is Autumn and I will try to watch it together because we usually do that with um, stairwells movies, but we'll see. Um, yeah. Ultimately, you know, we it's might a watch good thing like part because... of it and finish it, but yeah. Well, yeah, because it not only does Barry Lyndon actually get its own entire podcast episode, which for people who, who wanted a Barry Lyndon discussion is like a much better deal than us trying to squeeze it in between the, everything that's about to ensue. Yeah. Uh, but then also like, it's going to be a cool occasion because it'll be my first time on stairwells. Yeah. And uh, I'm really, I'm really excited about that. I mean, uh, there was that so, crossover episode where where I recorded both the stairwells and a ghost divers about Ghost in the Shell, and then we like just cl- like slammed them together into one episode that went in both feeds. But that wasn't really you being on stairwells; that was us doing a ghost divers. Yeah, so. and when it's, I I really enjoy being on like recording with you and Autumn simultaneously. Yeah. Uh, like I miss recording with Autumn. I miss talking to Autumn. Uh, so, I mean, number one, looking forward to that, and then like actually doing it on stairwells, stepping out from like our our stuff to uh, a completely different uh, podcast like energy is yeah. it's going to be fun. So, all of that. That's the that's the full story. That's the apology. That's the resolution. Uh, yeah. but yeah, uh, so, all of the questions will be carried over 
and uh, yeah. now you, and you still time. have time to send in questions if you like miss the original call uh, or like still watched it in between or something um and yeah hopefully you know waiting like a, a week and a half i guess or a little less uh to, to hear the actual proper episode where uh i probably won't be sick so that will be nice <laughs> um <laughs> i mean i guess knock on wood we'll see um and also like we'll just be able to do more devote more time to it the, also my ability to fit barry linden in before this recording was like like i i was broke up cromarty high school over two nights the movie which is not yeah. even an hour and it's a like half an long hour. yeah yeah because i've just been busy with like cramming in podcasts and and getting stuff ready for you all everything uh there's always this like beginning of december where i feel like a little extra stress getting everything done um yeah but then i, mean, I do just enjoy getting through. through. We're recording like four straight weeks, Ghost Divers, which is pretty. Uh, yeah, did we have to like move a recording because of something? <clears throat> I th- yeah, I know we're we doing. I know up. we're doing. Yeah, I know we're at least doing three, but yeah. Um, yeah, so we we have we got a heavy schedule. Um, yeah, well, and especially you because you're you're doing more than I am, so uh, it all works out in the end. Yeah. Um. So with that out of the way, uh, <laughs> we can proceed with the uh, yeah the, the actual the actual episode. Yeah. Um, oh, as a note too, hopefully people will already know this when they're hearing this. Um, I still don't think Narissa has done any of the like holiday karaoke's because I've been watching for them. Um, but I really hope that she does Alt Lang Sign so that I can do that as the the intro for this. So. We'll see. I guess we'll see yeah. how it plays out. I guess we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Um. But anyway, do you do you have any general feelings about our third year or third year of the podcast? Um. I think the first one is that next year I want to uh review the tarot reading or like the the resolutions tarot reading whatever we do for the prior year or like. Last year's whatever, predicting the coming year. Yeah. And then at the end of the year, I want to be able to go back through it and decide how valid all that was. Uh, just yeah. discuss it. Uh, alas, <laughs> I have not remembered. So uh, Yeah, I didn't even bring my tarot cards in to this room to do one today. So, But yeah. did we start doing that as a Puton thing? I think that might be like a Puton when we get to the actual new year. Uh, I believe, I think, I think we, we did, did it, it on, on, yeah, on a New Year special before. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Uh, I'm fine making that be a Puton thing, though. Yeah, we'll do it on Puton then. We'll do it yeah. the coming Puton. Or maybe the, yeah. the New Year's, whatever uh, New Year's week it makes more sense on. Yeah. Uh, and then besides that, I guess... uh. <laughs> this is the navel gazy uh, opportunity, uh, mm-hmm. the, like one actual one where it's appropriate to do this and not all the other times where I just do it and it's boring. Um, I'm, I'm really happy with where we're at. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like, well, you, you know this because you've, listen to me uh painstakingly 
think out loud about it many times. Um, but I'm like, I tend to be self-critical and just whatever I do. Uh, and especially that just scales directly with the level, like how important the activity is to me <laughs> that I'm doing. Uh, and so, you know, ghost divers and Puton, the stuff we do together is it's, it's up there uh, a very high level of importance emotionally. So then I uh, spend a lot of time like thinking about the podcast and uh, like the performance, the material, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I also generally believe that you can't really expect something to be very good if you don't devote time and energy to it. Yeah. Uh, so those two things together, they it lead me to like spend a lot of time, some of it productive, some of it unproductive, uh, but just like reviewing, self-critiquing, thinking about how to do things differently and so on and so forth. Uh, and I try to like, every time we finish uh, a season, I try to like carry forward one thing that I, one or two things that I've learned from that last season, yeah. uh, like fix the bad habit or what I feel is a bad habit. Um, or just like rethink, Oh, you know what is engaging about like how to like add something else or how to like enhance the aspects of, of the podcast that are engaging. Um, how to like take things to the next level or whatever. Um, and I think this year, obviously we had the disruption with the, the strike, um, which now has been resolved. Um, and it was not, not a disruption, but more like a detour. Cause now we're covering Nana, which is great. Um, yeah. But it's been slightly irregular uh, of a year because of that. Um, but I, I feel really good about where we're at um, with the podcast now. And just like stable, <laughs> uh, yeah. stable, confident. Um, and I also have a lot of ideas uh, for the future. Uh, which is a good, it's a good feeling. Uh, recently, we had someone in the Discord post about listening to the uh, the first um, season with Ghost in the Shell coverage. And I think both of us are like, well, I, I don't want to speak for you. Uh, I occasionally will think about like, the ghost in the shell season is it's the first thing that pops up chronologically and people who are yeah. like me are probably just going to start listening at the beginning. And I kind of like cringe at that. Cause I'm like, ah, I wish they would start by listening to like our most recent episode or, uh, or the Utena coverage or something. Um, yeah. Where we had like I... time to, to learn more and like, <laughs> fix some bad habits that maybe were present on the, 
uh, the first season. Yeah, um, I know there's like a a little. Um, I forget if they like have you call it a trailer or something. There's like basically an episode zero that exists. They were recorded like way back. I mean, it's like the first thing we recorded. Where we were like, or maybe maybe it was like slightly after we'd started doing, because we had like a lot of uh distance between when we recorded the the Ghost in the Shell season and when it released. Like the turnaround right now, it's three weeks, which is still the most of any podcast that I do. Um. This podcast kind of needs it. It takes the most for me to edit. Uh, there's like more that just goes into this one. Um, but uh, we used to have like more than than three weeks in between when we recorded and when something released. Um, and so we may have even recorded it in there. But basically, there's this like trailer episode where we kind of explain the like premise of the podcast. Um, and then like, you know, it goes into the rest. And I've sometimes thought, like, maybe we could record a new trailer one where we're like, hey, this is us from, like, this year. <laughs> from you know, the future. <clears throat> from the future. We've, like, now gotten some stuff under it. We can, like, more talk about what the actual format is because we've, like, settled into that more. Um, and then also... reformed society into a utopia based on our rock music. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we can also talk about, like, you know, the Ghost in the Shell season, like, that first season that we did, it was the roughest. We were both still just new to podcasting. Um, and so like, obviously people can listen to it if they want. I think there's still some good stuff in there, but like, if you want to really know what the, the podcast is like overall, like if there's one episode to listen to, I still think I point towards the end of Evangelion one, because if you've watched like Ava and end of Evangelion, you can just go and listen to that. And that's like the biggest of us just like having it out about Evangelion, you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> like the other stuff that we did on the show is really good too, but like that is the one episode that I think easily stands it alone. All comes Someone to can point. just listen to it and yeah. yeah. Um, and feel like we're having a conversation about like the show and the movie and everything. Um, and then, you know, like listen to the Utana one. And I would say like this year, um, our, our Iron-Blooded Orphans coverage, uh, our Psychopaths coverage and our Nana coverage has all been really good and like a little bit different in, in vibe. I think mm -hmm. the, the Nana has been like the most deep divey that we ever get. Um, but we were still doing that with like Iron-Blooded Orphans and Psychopaths as well. Um, also my fucking called shot on the, the like remaining plot of psychopaths was, <laughs> was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. You, you almost, <laughs> yeah, you nailed it almost entirely. Yeah. There's like one extra thing I said that didn't happen, but that was like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you watch enough anime and talk about yeah. it deeply enough that you just have a, a sense for these things. And I'm just like paying close enough attention to everything happening being like, Hmm, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's a show. Unlike Oh MS team. Uh, it's a show that it, it directs you to like where it's going, uh, in a way that is really like rewarding and, and, uh, productive, I think, but also yeah. like kind of allows that you can, you can predict a little bit if you're really thinking deeply and like attentive to what the signs that the, the show is giving you. Yeah. Uh, um, but when you say it all together, you know, IBO, Psychopaths, and Nana, um, I I feel, like, really good about all of the the coverage that we've done this year on all of those yeah. shows. Like, 
There's not every single one of those. Uh, I can genuinely say I <laughs> poured my, my heart and soul into <laughs> uh, covering that material. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure yeah. you feel the same way. Um, and it's not that there's like nothing else that anyone could say about it, but I also feel good about what we said and where we landed. Um, like my, my one, like, B- bit of regret with iron blooded orphans is that I just didn't read wretched of the work <coughs> wretched of the earth before we, we got to it, but we were still talking about the same things. I just would have had like more of a text to point to for some of it. Yeah. Um, so for sure. Uh, but yeah, so, I mean, I, I would say this year, um, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I love, uh, making this podcast with you. Um, this is like, it's a great part of my life. And yeah, when people listen to it, that just like, I say the same, this same thing every single year, which is, <laughs> I love making this podcast with you. Just like the act of creating it together is so deeply fulfilling for me. Um, and then on top of that, like when we hear back, when we hear from people, who are like listening to it and enjoying it and like getting something out of it, then that's just like otherworldly to me. Um, and talk about it in the discord, the admirable Matt being discord, (laughs) do it. It makes us feel good. Yeah. Yeah. For that reason alone, just like, uh, yeah. Make, make us feel like fulfilled, uh, Mm -hmm. in the discord. <laughs> um, I mean, you can also tweet about it and stuff, but I do sometimes search for ghost divers just to see if it's come up. I've occasionally seen places where someone's like, oh, you know, if you're like, uh, want to try and go back to IBO or something, I recommend like listening to the ghost divers season while you do it. Cause I think it'll like help you reframe some of it or whatever. I, I saw like someone tweeting that at somebody. So I do sometimes check that stuff, but it's less than the discord. That's where like most of the reactions generally go and i'm able to see them yeah and uh that that's just really cool so yeah uh everyone who is listening now or like <laughs> you know if you're not listening you won't hear this but uh anyone who's ever listened to an episode uh i really i have a lot of gratitude for um yeah because um listeners are i mean the the like piece of media doesn't really exist or exist in the same way if there's no one who's like engaging with it. So, um, yeah. yeah. So I, we appreciate you all. We love you all. Um, thank you. Yeah. I'm also thankful to, to export audio and then also sort of like abnormal mapping as the sister network. Um, it was like kind of just by like us being on export audio was me trying to get this podcast going. Um, and I was trying to figure out like, oh, what are, what's like a good host? Like, what's a way to do this like for fairly cheap or free? Um, ideally, I would like free hosting. Um, but I know that like the truly free hosting is like some really weird workaround stuff with like the Internet Archive and RSS feeds and stuff. Um, that's that's not ideal. Um, and so I messaged Autumn, who's, you know, one of the the owners of export audio just being like hey like <laughs> do you have any advice for this stuff and they're just like oh we could just host you and you know it doesn't <laughs> cost us any money to have like another to host another podcast because the the service we use just like lets you add more podcasts for free so um 
and through that, like, I think we had like a little bit of, uh, an audience in general that we were sort of Mm -hmm. like, even when we were first building up and like, we weren't being talked about that much on the other export audio podcasts. I think there's like a period where we were on the network, but a lot of people who were generally listening to the network weren't fully aware of us. (laughs) Um, and some of that was just like, there was just this period where like, I wasn't really gasping on other stuff, everything like that. So there wasn't like that same cross promo uh, promotion happening. Uh, but like we definitely have like this influx of export audio stuff as well. But I know there are listeners who don't listen to any other export audio stuff and listen to ghost divers. So, um, there is sort of a, a mix here. Um, but I, I do appreciate like export audio cause I feel like they, and also the, the connection with Emerald mapping helped us grow a little bit more. Um, Absolutely. You know, no surprise to me that like iron blooded orphans has been one of our most popular seasons because it's, you know, abnormal mapping uh, is primarily the video game podcast, abnormal mapping, but for many people, it is the great Gundam project network. So um, not, not surprised that people have checked out our Gundam stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. There's a little bit of existing interest in, in Gundam stuff Yeah, around, around here. Yeah. Yeah. We had the existing stuff, but also like unsurprising to me that we got like an influx of people. <laughs> I mean, like GGP talked about us and stuff. So, um, yeah. Um, do you have any, yeah, uh, I was going to say like when you were like, Oh, reflections on the year, my first thought was like, Oh, I probably have one or two sentences. Um, but then I, I took a lot of time speaking on that. So, uh, I want to make sure you get a chance if you have any further reflections on the year as a whole that, we haven't already um, discussed. Yeah, I feel like that was, that's the main of it. I mean, uh, I think last time we had, we had started pondering Bhutan, but like this has been a full year of pondering Bhutan. That's been nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a there's a way that I feel like I've like at this point like truly just settled into like podcasting as a thing that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Um, yeah, it's strange how it kind of goes through. Um, it becomes like a stable part of your life, uh, yeah. but then the relationship to it and the way you think about it, e- like even within that stable structure of like, yeah, this is a thing I'm doing fully committed to. Uh, just like the way that you think about it, it still like evolves um, even within that. And yeah, uh, it's an, it's an interesting thing. Um, I, so. Uh, podcasting will never pay the kind of money that my day job pays. Um, I, I have a pretty decent day job now. Um, if I could make decent money podcasting, I would probably just do it full time though. I, I do just enjoy it. Um, you know, I'd probably be like streaming and stuff more like, yeah, maybe have my own VTuber avatar, that kind of stuff. But, um, whatever that, un- squirt Unlikely. sponsorship comes through yeah yeah when we get the squirt sponsorship and the Vernon sponsorship both of them yeah that can, we'll, that we'll can be change rolling. everything yeah so uh, uh yeah with that i think we can close out the the naval gazy part <laughs> and get to the uh the stuff that everyone's really here for yeah um so do we do we want to do rankings yeah 
I'm just going by the list that we have in our notes doc. So, well, so the one in the notes doc here, this was last year's, so we don't have everything in here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But the yeah. the structure of the the proceedings. So, well, yeah, we'll do our rankings first. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. I I will also like make little notes in here as we go, because um, I want to make sure we have the like final uh, aggregate rankings, you mm-hmm. know, between us. Yep. Um. Who do you, I I have fourteen correct? You have fourteen entries on yours. That uh, should be the yes. Okay. Six, nine, twelve, <laughs> fourteen. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um. We can, I think we can go back and forth, like starting at number 14 and going up. I think that's what we did last year. That makes sense to me, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want to go first or me? Um, I'll go first. Okay. Uh, I, I think for me, uh, 08th MS team has dropped down to 14. Really? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's fair. We have another Gundam on here, right? Yeah. Because uh, um, I think last year it was second to last behind, um, in front of Bacchanal. And yeah. I just feel like Bacchanal is too good to be last. And OHMS team is not, like, it's not t- too good to be last. Yeah. Um, and then, in a, like, to kind of go a little deeper on that, uh, Bacchino is it's unique and it really uh, presents something. It has like an, an unconventional vision. Uh, yeah. It's doing something different and it's doing it well. Uh, and I think it's complete in and of itself um, is, does it go really deep in terms of fleshing out all of the stuff that it might be? hitting on uh you're probably not as much but that's just not the kind of show it is um and i think having it last is like penalizing it for being a different kind of show uh and it's giving a little bit of a unfair advantage to oh ms team which has it's just uneven um in comparison to to everything else yeah. Um, I still have Bacchanal at the bottom. Um, I I do generally agree with you, but there is like, I, I it's still the one that I just remember the least of. You know, uh, there's just a lot of Bacchanal that I don't really remember that well. Um, I I do enjoy it though, and I I think at some point it could. The thing is. Like, this is spoiling my next one, but, like, always MS team is above Bacchano for me. And it is, like, there's just characters that I really still like in always MS team. And some of this is just that it was, like, the first Gundam thing I ever watched. Like, there's just that simple fact that, like, it was still my intro to Gundam, even if I think it's, like, pretty bad as a Gundam show now. But it's also yeah. like I've seen Seed and Sea Destiny, so I know that there's a rock bottom below <laughs> Elite Dynasty. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know it's not the worst. <laughs> yeah. Uh when you compare it to like IBO and then the UC Gundam, 
it <laughs> it, it pales a little bit, but yeah, there's there's worse stuff out there. I mean, it's definitely quite a bit better than G Gundam as well, uh, which you know I'm yeah. struggling through right now. So that's uh, all fair. I I'm not gonna fight you too hard on on that. <laughs> uh truly, these bottom two are the ones where I'm like, I like these, but you know, something I, has I, to be last. Yeah, something has to be last, and ev- everything above this point is like bangers in some way for me. So yeah. we mostly do bangers on this podcast. It's <laughs> you know just how it shakes out. So I guess I've said what my number thirteen is. Uh, it's Zoe the MS team. What's what's your number thirteen? It's Bakano. Yeah. <laughs> so we're both like we're yeah. we're on the on the same page about yeah. these two. I think. Uh we have tied to them. Uh, do you want to, do you want to do your number 12? Um, yeah, I think my number 12 is Kino's journey dropping down a few spots. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember what my rankings were last year. If I had it. Cause Kino, like the, the combined ranking Kino ended up higher than Lane and paranoid agent. Uh, and just now I don't really f- feel like that's quite right. Um, so yeah, Kino's dropping down for me. Um, <clears throat> my number twelve is Serial Experiments Lane. Um, I do enjoy Serial Experiments Lane a lot. There's also ways that like the stuff that I enjoy about it, uh, I feel like also exists in like V Cinema stuff that I watch. Um, and so like I I know like basically everything here is a, a stellar anime in in my opinion. Yeah. Um and so like I'm still slightly surprised at myself that it is number 12, but I look at everything else and I'm like I do like that a little bit more than Lane. It's just this is what we watch like <laughs> um you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a stacked field. So Yeah. It it boggles the mind a little bit to have Lane at 12th. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I think that's part of the reason why I'm like, I'm dropping Kino is because I look at it and I'm just like, no, that's, that doesn't sit, sit right with me. Uh, but yeah, at the same time, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, next uh, up for me is Paranoia Agent. This number is, 11. Yeah. Uh, Paranoia Agent, also 11 for me. Okay. Uh, again, like you said, still a stellar anime. It, I think what happens for me with Paranoia Agent is that it gets a little bit overshadowed by some of the, some of the other ones here that have kind of a similar, um, tone and like themes. Yeah. Uh, Psychopaths being one obvious example uh but um not only that just because a lot of the concerns of paranoia agent are are shared um between a a few of these and even though i uh i really respect the the show and um it's excellent it just doesn't going back to the criteria that we set out before 
uh, I don't find myself thinking about it very often. And compared to the others, I wasn't so deeply moved uh, either like emotionally or intellectually uh, by it when we were covering it uh, again, compared to some of the other, the other competitors here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I also had 11. I, I think like there is a certain thing, especially you saying emotionally moved, like there are things about the ending of serial experiments lane that now rub me wrong. Like that, I, that I don't enjoy about mm. the, the way that some of that stuff wraps up and the way that, um, in the, in a similar way that I feel about like, um, persona three and persona three portable, where there is like this leaning into like suicide and suicidality as like the answer to something, um, that doesn't, that like, especially in that watching, like sat with me a little bit weirder, even as like so much of the aesthetics of it are just fucking incredible. Um, and then paranoid agent, I have like a little bit of this emotional response to. And then if we want to do number 10 is, is your number 10 lane? Yeah. Yeah, and mine is Kino's Journey. So we just like have this in the, the swapped order. But Kino's yeah. Journey is like the thing that makes like the ending episode of Kino's Journey makes me deeply emotional. Um So it, even though there is also a certain amount of like somebody choosing to stay like in a in a situation where like they will die, there's still something else going on in there that just hits me in a different way and like is then like emotional for me in in that way. So yeah, um, that's fair. Uh, I think what, you know, every time you do this kind of raking, it it says more about, like, the, the raker than it does about the the material, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and it's really kind of a snapshot of how we're thinking about, how we're, like, evaluating stuff right now in this moment. Yeah. And approaching the like this best of ranking type thing, which again, that's stepping out for us to begin with because we, it doesn't really represent how we talk about uh, media. It's just, it's for fun. Um, But then I have to be like, okay, well, how, how can I make this endeavor make sense? Uh, And right now, the way it makes sense to me is like, looking at the like wholeness of the thing. Yeah. Uh, So kind of like the wholeness of it. um, But then also like the content. (laughs) Uh, So how well it like works as a whole and makes sense as a whole and like makes its mark. Uh, But then also what it does within um, in in terms of, again, the, the content. And yeah. Kino just like there is a little bit of that unevenness there. Uh with like a episode a couple episodes here and there where it's like, uh yeah. Um this doesn't feel quite as like invigorated with the uh like the force or like the energy of this like 
whole thing that is like a unity. Um, I know this is just like nonsense <laughs> that I'm saying right now. Uh, there are some uneven episodes there that don't feel like as strong. Um, and that for me, like it makes it hard to drop it, uh, to put it ahead of something like lane where lane is so much just feels like a, such a strong unity of what it is. Um, and, and really stands out for being again, unique, um, exploring ideas and themes that they do have some overlap with the other stuff we've done. Uh, but also like has, uh, a unique perspective on, on those themes and, um, is memorable for that reason. Uh, and then with that, you know, we discussed the ending of lane at length on our lane coverage. And I think while, uh, fully understanding and, uh, respecting your, um, your concerns with it, I, I felt a little better about it in a way that yeah. does, it doesn't put me off from making it a little bit higher this year. Yeah. Um, what's your number nine? This is where it starts getting really tough. Yeah. I think number nine is going to be IBO. Yeah. Simply because this is, <laughs> this is becoming the, the thing we say every time, but I look at everything above it and it's hard for me to, to knock something down. Uh, even though IBO is amazing, we're starting to get into a section where I feel so strongly about everything above it. Uh, Psychopaths is going to, is going to come soon as well. Uh, just cause it's hard to break into the, the higher tiers. Yeah. Um, my number nine is Evangelion and end of Evangelion. Um, like the show in the movie. Um, I do really enjoy, especially the show. Um, the, the movie I'm a little bit more mixed on, uh, but also just the stuff above this just like hits harder for me in a lot of ways. Um, there's a way that like Evangelion was this thing that I was, was like, you know, very high, like one of my top favorite anime when I was like in high school. And I feel like my relationship to it has just changed in a way. Um, not that like some of that stuff that I felt in high school isn't still there. Um, but yeah, there's been like some sort of changing that's happened. Uh, we'll also see if like stuff shakes out differently when I, when I get the impulse of like caring about Evangelion a little bit more when we eventually do the rebuild movies. And then I get mad at like what the rebuild movies are. Um, there are still ways that, like, you know, I still regularly will, like, use images of Misato as, like, a, a jokey, like, here's me being annoyed or something. The way that... Being a know, brat. Sometimes you'll... Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's still a lot of stuff that I, I like with Evangelion, but it's just, like, everything above it has, has hit a little bit harder for me, at least in this ranking. Yeah. Um, can't, can't argue with that. Yeah. Uh, I think next for me 
is this is this is painful, but I think next for me might, might be Crow High. <laughs> and it, if if we haven't made clear enough uh, how how hard these rankings are, we have a whole ass podcast dedicated to Crow High. Uh, we both love Crow High a lot, and it was tied for fourth last year. So yeah, uh, it's. I mean, it, it. We both we both love this anime. There's not there's nothing wrong with it, not a single flaw. <laughs> it's perfect. It just uh, when you set it alongside all this other stuff, yeah. It's just such a different thing that it's not engaging with any of the, any of the same like stuff or even in the same universe as like totally or thematically whatever uh, as everything else. I mean, I guess Ray Earth kind of has some. It, well, and of course, Utena has some Crow High vibes, but uh, it's just like completely its own thing. Um, so this is not a slight against Crow High. It's just like, if someone put it, like, stop me on the street and is like, what's the best anime of all time? <laughs> I, you can't say Cromarty High School. <laughs> I know, but if somebody asked me what's the best comedy anime of all time, I would say Cromarty High School. It's so yes, big. for sure. Yeah. I mean, if you catch me on the right <clears throat> day and someone asked me that question, I would, I might say Cromarty High School. Because, like, yeah. there's a way that that is true, but for the, like, the way that a ranking like this, the way that it is, like, makes sense and <laughs> would be perceived by every other human on Earth, uh, it, Cromarty High is, like, not, <laughs> this isn't about, like, this kind of thing is not for Crow High. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, I think I got to I got to put it here for now until that's, next year yeah, when fair. my when my opinion changes. Um <clears throat> so it's my number 8, right? Yeah. So, I I fell into this thing where I realized I had like a uh, a uh, fire emblem like three or like a rock paper scissors like, you know, cycle of like um like Ghost in the Shell standalone complex, even with second gig in Solid State Society, beats the movies for me because especially original sol- uh, standalone complex is just like what I think of when I think about the major before anything else. Yeah. And the major is like the character that I think about the most with standalone complex. Um, it's really hard to, to yeah. put anything over standalone complex. <laughs> um, the The Ghost in the Shell movies like the original and Ghost in the Shell 2 Innocence beat Psychopaths because I, I, I think they're like fucking amazing classics. Uh, the first one in particular is like, you know, really high up in like my favorite movies. But then Psychopaths beats when I think about standalone complex with second gig in Solid State Society. I just think about how much Kuze sucks compared to Makashima. <laughs> and so I have this like weird thing of, of, ones beating other ones um mm-hmm. so for number eight i put 
and I don't feel good about this, but I put Ghost in the Shell 1995 and Ghost in the Shell 2 Innocence in order to let Psychopaths rank higher, because I'm sure we're going to do like the other series at some point on this podcast. We've talked about trying to finish that off. Uh, as we do other seasons of Psychopaths, I'm sure it will fall. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm giving it its place in the sun this year. <laughs> okay. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. So we'll, we'll, we'll go up the list, but people can probably guess it. But yeah, my number eight is the Ghost in the Shell movies. Uh, again, don't feel great about that, but that's where I've landed this year. That is uh, it. <laughs> totally fair. Uh, we'll see how it shakes out in the long term. Uh, next up for me, uh, I think it, it does have to be Ava. Uh, I'm more of the Ava evangelist between us two, especially nowadays. Yeah. What, uh, what can we say here that hasn't already been said by us, <laughs> by us or others? Uh, we've covered the show and the movie extensively. Uh, I, I really love the series. It like kind of similar to what you're saying. There was a time in my life where it was really influential on me. Uh, one of the first like anime that I watched that really set me off on being super interested in anime, which again, I think that's probably a common story amongst a lot of people. Um, uh, beyond that, I'll just point to like our discussion about it. Uh, Cause my, my feelings are pretty much the same. Uh, maybe when we do the rebuild movies, I'll have to, it will change my perspective or, well, it, cer- it certainly will change my perspective. <laughs> maybe it'll make me like them less. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so they go here for now. It's it's wild to me to have them this low, but that's just the ter- territory we're entering into. Yeah. Um, we're, we're on number seven, right? Yeah, I believe so. Standalone complex, second gig and solid state society. Wow. That is quite a fall from last year. So Um, is it just second gig that's pulling it down for you? Yeah, it's especially second gig. And it's also, uh, there's stuff above this that I, I just right now in my heart, um, am thinking about more and like more excited about, you know? Um. Yeah, we've had we've had some some bangers, and yeah, second gig is like if if second gig wasn't in, if it was just standalone complex, it would be like number three or four easily. Yeah, you know. Um, I mean, solid state society. If it was in there, would probably be slightly lower as well. You know, but like just standalone complex, easily like three or four. Yeah. Uh, well, we had it last year. I think we both had it as you had it as two, and I had it as one, or something like that. So maybe it's definitely uh, it's it's fallen. Yeah. Um. Next for me, it's it's difficult, but I think it's the same thought process uh, that that you just outlined. So I have the Ghost in the Shell movies. Uh, and spoiler alert, they're go they're coming behind Psychopaths. 
it these are both like classics of cinema <laughs> i think uh yeah very hard to uh there's there's nothing to say uh against them it's just that i think with the way i'm approaching it this year having the two films that are there's kind of a gap between the two of them uh in terms of they they don't have the exact same concerns or address the or like explore those concerns in the same way yeah uh, it doesn't I, I know, feel i know lots of people who love innocence um it it doesn't like clear the the original one for me like pretty easily like the original one is just especially incredible the innocence is great as well but like the original ghost in the shell movie is just like one of my favorite anime movies of all time Um, yeah and i think innocence adds a lot and goes in some different directions uh and it is an extremely interesting movie but just like I think this entry suffers from not having the same like continuity. They don't really fit together as well as they like seem to uh, just by virtue of being like, Oh, it's the first two ghosts in the shell movies. Um, It doesn't feel as strong of an entry because it just feels like they kind of are two separate. They feel like two, they feel more so like two separate things than like one unified thing to me. Yeah. Um, my number six. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Psychopaths. I I I really enjoyed Psychopaths, especially talking about it. Um, especially I love that getting, Psychopaths is hitting so high for you, like right yeah, away. Getting really excited about Teriyama Shuji <laughs> uh, <laughs> while talking about Psychopaths. Um, yeah. It just like it it hit so, um, and again, there's a certain amount to which like I want to just lean into. I want to rank this high right now because whenever we get around to later seasons, um, even if we do just season two, I still think that it will probably fall. So I just want to like give it. I want to like give it the the award as best I can right now. You know, yeah. Um, we will also do the movie sometime in the, the coming year. Uh, my guess is it'll probably be after we finish Nana, we'll like do a one episode to do it and then we'll go on to, to Berserk, but we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. From, from what I understand, the movie probably won't drop it too far, <laughs> but the, yeah, the it s- might even raise it. <laughs> yeah. But the following seasons, all bets yeah. are off. Uh, yeah. So for me, it's also psychopaths in this, uh, position. Well, actually, no, I guess this is fifth. This is five for me, right? Yeah. Yeah. So psychopaths is here. Um, psychopaths is another anime that was really, uh, influential on me when I saw it for the first time. It's also one that I like continually found myself 
remembering and thinking about um, and being challenged by uh, it elicits a lot of strong emotions uh, when I first saw it um, and now. And I think those were apparent in like the energy that we had on the, the psychopaths coverage. Um, I learning from our Ava coverage, I tried to contain myself a little better. And I, I think I succeeded in that for the most part, but, uh, I still was like, uh, emotional going into it, anticipating all the, uh, all of the material. Uh, and then the other thing that was really amazing was actually covering the show really uh, deepened my understanding of it in a way that uh, I don't know if it reversed like my overall read of, of what's going on and my understanding of the show. It didn't necessarily transform it. But it just, it deepened it so greatly (laughs) in a way that I wasn't fully anticipating. Like I thought, yeah, I I have a pretty good handle on this, on this show. Um, But then, uh, but then I was, I was very surprised that at how much more there was um, like left to understand. And yeah, uh, so it, it's a show that sticks with me again. Um, it, it moves me, um, I think about it often and, uh, so yeah, that's why it's hitting really high. Yeah. Um, I will say with Nana, that's a big one where I thought that I, I mean, nothing that we've done is like upending my understanding or like this, the general feelings that about Nana, but just the amount of deep diving we're doing right now is like making me realize even more like the things that are set up and the, the ways that like themes intertwine and stuff. Um, because we're just taking the time to like really unpack it all rather than it being kind of a, a general like impression and experience I have of it. So, yeah. Um, same with like iron blooded orphans and stuff. I think this is a, a common thing with like a podcast like this is that it, I just feel like I generally get a, a greater like appreciation. Um, yeah, because it's not just – I mean, we come on here and then we talk about it for three and a half hours multiple times, but we're spending hours and hours <laughs> uh, thinking about it and around it and not only, like, watching it or reading it in the case of Nana, uh, but then, like, mentally preparing, thinking things over. So we're yeah. we're spending a lot of time, like, intimately with the with the thing when recovering it. Uh, and so you, you do get, and well, our goal is to go as deep as possible. (laughs) So ghost divers. Um, my number five is Sakagake Cromartie high school. Um, best comedy anime I've ever seen. Uh, absolute delight to just be slowly reading through the manga and like have a, a funny little, chapter or two to read every week um yeah it's it's just good stuff like you know there's this way where i i feel like there's less like deep things that i can always say about community high school than i can other things uh but it is just 
True. I mean, we'll we'll talk about the movie, and uh, there's ways that I think the movie does not understand Cromartie High School, <laughs> and what's yeah. like truly funny about it. So, um, even though there's still moments, but like Cromartie there- High School is is like so perfectly the kind of humor that really hits for me doing it better than anybody else has ever done it um so yeah (laughs) yeah the not to jump the gun on the movie discussion but the movie feels it feels so much like when it is succeeding it's not succeeding because it really understands crow high it's succeeding because it's just like willing to do whatever in a way that sometimes overlaps with <laughs> uh, like what is great about Crow High and then allows yeah. it to like execute correctly. There's like two moments where I feel like it just nails doing the Crow High like bit and comedy structure correctly. But yeah, the rest is just it taking Crow High as a material to do a different comedy. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, well, we'll get into that. Um, you're number four, right? Yeah, number four. Uh, number four is going to be Ray Earth. I saw uh, this coming, and I'm I'm not that surprised. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what your biggest surprises are uh, so far with with my rankings. Probably Crow High being so low. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Ray Ray Earth goes down uh because nana is coming in and ray earth and nana Nana's another one that's a little bit of a uh it's kind of an odd fit with the rest of these in a way there is there's some core like thematic overlap with you could say like you know, Ava has some similar concerns. Uh, I mean, there's lines in Nana that are like could be in Ava, uh, and but Ray Earth seems like probably the closest uh, thing, and maybe that's why they're they're clustered together here. Uh, but uh, Ray Earth is amazing. Um, yeah. That's that's really really all we can say. Uh, of course, we we covered this at length as well. Uh, all the yeah. reasons why it is. Uh, I think it just gets knocked down by Nana uh, because there's a a level of emotional depth and maturity that Nana is able to get to. Uh, that I think it's it's there with Ray Earth, but it's yeah. just not fleshed well, like, out to nearly season the same two degree. of Ray Earth is uneven. It just yes, is. Right. Um, the the like middle ten episodes are the the most clearly like this man is not used to doing uh, ongoing television anime and is like especially in in those middle ten episodes of the second season slightly fumbling about like so how do I do this. Um, and again, the production of Ray Earth sounds like it was horrible. Um, like just the, the way that the, the studio was treating him as a director, uh, and like basically constantly threatening to pull the plug. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, there is a world where like 
of course, someone could look at these rankings and be like, the Ghost in the Shell movies and Lane and Ava are like are behind Rare Earth. Like, are you fucking kidding me? And I I do get that argument. <laughs> uh but this is also just like our favorites. Uh yeah. and to be to be clear, I think Rare Earth like warrants this this ranking and stands uh on its own merits, not just like affection on its own merits yeah. here. Yeah. Uh but I acknowledge that someone could look at this and be like, what, you know? Yeah. There's a, for me, there is a combo of, I think it's a really good series. I think a lot of people should check it out. There's some really interesting stuff that you can like dig into there, uh, that it's talking about that is like in line with stuff that happens in other mecha shows, but also has like this different perspective that you don't always get. Um, the stuff going on with like, um, Nova in the second season, there's some like really great stuff towards how all of that resolves. Um, also I just see the Ray Earth girls and I'm like, it's the girls. I love them. You know, there's, there's <laughs> also just the, like the designs are fucking great. The characters are iconic to me. Um, and that in and of itself is its own like strength and not just me fully playing favoritism. Um, yeah. And there's a way that, there's a uh, Ray Earth is extremely impressive in I think there's a slightly more limited palette that is available in the show as far as like oh well you have Lane and you have Ava that can just they want to probe the the deepest harshest <laughs> most extreme uh depths of human suffering and loneliness and and all of these things and then they just show you like horrific imagery and <laughs> terrible things happen uh and they can they can go to this place where they just deploy this extreme violence um and that's uh, certainly not a a mark against them uh but when you look at rare earth being like the kind of show it is it doesn't it doesn't have that it can't do that you know what i mean and it still manages like these extremely deep explorations uh with when it just it can't like do everything whether it's like technically or uh in terms of the like material that it can portray there's there are some limitations there uh but within like the limited palette what is able to happen uh like formally um is is profound. Uh, yeah. So that's why I think that's kind of the argument for if someone w- was going to dispute, like, oh, you can't put Ava behind Rare Earth, like, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you really have to, to give Rare Earth its due and uh, really get deep into it to, to understand it. Yeah. Um, 
Wow. My number four is Mobile Suit Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans. Um, you know, I, I don't know if this is a surprise to you, Connor. Um, I think Iron-Blooded Orphans is, is really good. Um, it's a slight surprise. Yeah. Um, I, I do just think, like, it, uh, of, like, non-Tomino Gundam that I've seen, uh, there's ways that Double O reminds me of IBO t- to this in some degree. It's like, I feel like it's a thing that understands a lot of the core themes of Gundam and also is not just duplicating those themes, but instead building on them and talking about similar things and like extending it to other areas, um, having different takes. Uh, there, there is a way in which like, it doesn't in- sometimes entirely feel like a Gundam show. It feels like its own like mecha show. Uh, and I think sometimes that's a, a strength. Um, there are other times where it feels really like, oh yeah, this like cares about Gundam, knows about Gundam and is, is talking about it. Um, and so for me and I, you know, I'll, I'll watch more stuff as it goes, but it's like the one, uh, you know, non UC Gundam, non Tomino thing, like the, the, all, you know, uh, alternative universe, like AU kind of stuff that is just great. And I, and I, uh, I like it respected a lot for that, I guess. Yeah, for sure. It's a great, great show. Um, number three, uh, for me, number three is not a uh, manga, which hopefully this is not too painful to you to have it only, only at number three. <laughs> Uh, uh, we're we're doing a very in-depth extended coverage of it right now. Uh, it feels awkward to try to summarize my feelings on it. Um, but I think it has an it, it has an advantage in a way because being a manga of like twenty twenty one volumes, it can just go so deep with the characters and the story uh, and um, really everything that is at stake. (laughs) Uh, It has, has a lot of time and it uses all, all of that time uh, extremely well. I don't think there's really any wasted pages in the, in the manga. So uh, it's, it's an amazing work. Uh, Again, it's one that like, I said last year in this episode, when I first read it, and then we covered it last year, uh, that even reading it one time uh, deepened my uh, appreciation for the relationships that I have with other people. Um, I I learned things about myself and about the relationships that I have with others. and I, I think it made me more perceptive in uh, in those relationships and in ways that are uh, that I'm grateful for. So maybe a little more of a personal like evaluation here. Yeah. Uh, but uh, all of that, I, I say all of that just to point to like that's what what the work is, um, and that's, that's why I found it so effective because it it made an impact on me. Yeah. Um, my number three 
is Magic Knight Ray Earth. So we don't, we don't have to say too much more about it, but yeah, um, I already <laughs> already spoke for probably too long about Ray Earth. So yeah, uh, your number two. Number two is Ghost in the Shell standalone complex uh, plus second gig plus solid state society. For me, this is probably one of our biggest differences <laughs> that we have on the throughout our Ghost Divers coverage. Just to to like restate or summarize because my feelings don't, haven't changed. The The big problem here is second gig, obviously. Because uh, second gig has some parts that neither of us like. And that you especially like dislike a lot more than I do. Uh, it's easier for me to forget those aspects of it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and then when I forget those aspects of it, the rest of second gig feels like a a very strong continuation of standalone complex. And maybe not quite on the same level, but uh, certainly um, like continuous. And like, th- there's not some huge drop off for me. Uh, yeah. It's basically like another season of standalone complex, which of course, standalone complex is one of the greatest <laughs> anime of all time. So you have another season uh, of that, um, that goes into new territory and c- continues to, uh, Explore, explore new stuff, um, introduces new characters that are memorable, uh, and just continues the same work that the, the first season was doing. Uh, so all in all, uh, when I look at it, I'm just like two seasons of, uh, content here. And then solid state society is also very, very good movie. Same things can be said for that. Um, and so that's why that's why it ranks high. Um, and then it's an, a show that there's just so much within it, especially when you take in second gig. There's so much there that this is just a show that you could think about for for a lifetime. Uh, and that's that's not what we're doing <laughs> yeah. uh, with with Ghost Divers. So um that's kind of where I'm at with it. Uh, and that's why it's still up here for me. Um, my number two is Revolutionary Girl Utena and the movie Adolescence of Utena. Um, truly just an exceptional anime. Uh, like, Utena and Turn A Gundam are like the two greatest anime that I've ever seen. Um, we haven't done Turn A yet. So... Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in fact, if we were doing the Nana anime, it would probably rank above the Nana anime, but we're not, we're doing the manga. So (laughs) yeah, that's fair. And that is not a surprise to me, at least that you would have the Nana manga as your number one. I know it's your, 
your favorite thing ever. Um, yeah. And I, I love that about you. <laughs> I love that we're doing Nada together because of that. Uh, so uh, with that said, obviously my number one is Revolutionary Girl Utena and Adolescence of Utena. I think especially when you add in Adolescence of Utena, yeah. it just makes this like a bullet, absolutely bulletproof. <laughs> number one uh by the way this is not to critique you putting nana here also well deserved uh but this is the anime where the scenario i presented earlier where someone stops me on the street and is like hey what's the greatest anime of all time R- utena <laughs> sounds yeah. that just feels right as yeah. the answer to that question yeah uh, it's got, it's got everything. Uh, when you bring in the film, the film is unbelievable. And, uh, it completes the series in a way that's really profound. Uh, yeah. because if you strip away the film and you just have the series, I mean, it's still one of the greatest anime of all time. And th- there's uh, still a certain satisfaction to the ending. Um, of course, yeah. But the whole structure of Utena being this repetition of the story to then have the movie that is at once like you could read as oh it's another retelling like the the whole structure of Utena makes it when you do a movie that's supposed to be telling the story of the anime is just making more of the anime. <laughs> yeah. Um, because if you tell the story of Utena again, you are just repeating the cycle again. <laughs> Yeah. So, and the, yeah, the, the conclusion it gets to is incredible. Yeah. The, the profundity M, watch is like, the movie. Go watch it. M. <laughs> I can't oh, believe that M still has not watched adolescence of Utena. I'm, I'm kind of shocked by that. Cause yeah. M like loves Utena, right? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, if you love Utena, definitely watch adolescence of Utena. Um, it, it's hard to like fully compare these because Adolescence of Utena for me is so much like you have to watch it in conjunction with like you should watch the anime first and then watch the and movie. Then, yeah, like right after. If possible. And Ghost in the Shell 1995 is such a standalone thing. Like you yes. just watch no, no pun intended. It's not a standalone <laughs> complex thing. No, you it's watch a standalone it yeah. movie. <laughs> <laughs> There's no complex involved other than that it's sort of a complex movie, but you know yeah other than the complex where where she fights the the uh robot at the end yeah but like those two are like basically for that reason tied as like the best anime movies for me um where ghost in the shell is the standalone one and adolescence of utena is like this is the best one where they've like done a movie after the anime and it's fucking incredible yeah like artistically stylistically (laughs) uh thematically uh everything it's it's just like an incredible extension and resolution uh to and you know resolution may be the wrong word because there's an open-endedness to it of course it's utena um but just in every way the film is is so incredible uh and for me when i just have the series of revolutionary girl utena this is maybe uh, getting back into spoiler 
territory. So <laughs> uh, fair warning there. But you have the end of Utena, and it's like... I think the there's an issue with the conclusion of the series Utena, which is there's there's one reading where, and I don't think this is what the series is actually doing, and that is I think proven by the film. Uh, But if you if you only have the series, it's a little too easy to just fall into this trap of like, oh yeah all of this like evil is just because of this like guy, this evil guy who's just like perpetrating everything and manipulating everyone to do bad things. And like it, like all of the world's evil is just (laughs) like some bad man that we need to get rid of, that we need to like get rid of. And then implication being like, it's going to be great. Once we do that, then like everything's resolved. Uh, and part of the genius of the film is that like, it starts off with just like, okay, yeah, he's dead. (laughs) And like, he's always been dead. Like, this is the world where he's just like always been dead and isn't even like, he's not here anymore, but there's still problems. Yeah. Uh, so let's like think through, it's this perfect like thought experiment. And then it becomes like a profoundly moving work off of that. Um, and, uh, anyway, that's, that's why I love it. Um, so that's why I have it. Number one. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and we're saying a lot about Nana right now in the main season that we're doing. Um, I've obviously talked at length about Nana. Um, it is my favorite work. Some of it is that I think it is some of the best written characters, um, of anything that I've ever read. Um, the, the way that like Yuzawa, I extremely understands the characters, the characters, like motivations, uh, the underlying things uh, underneath them, the way that like the material conditions around them are affecting the choices that they're making. Um, all of that stuff I think is just like the, the writing and especially the writing around the characters is exceptional and the writing around the relationships between people. Um, and I also like it because Takumi feels like such a intentional look at and uh like development of and um breaking down of this trope that exists in you know a fair amount of like shoujo and uh jose stuff of like you know the akio the the sort of manipulative man who you could sort of pin everything on um and it it really walks this this excellent balance of showing the way that he is manipulative and that he is abusive and he is controlling a lot of the situations around him but also that's not like takami is not the person who's making like osaki nana not go see hachi yeah uh after like there's all these other things that are happening that people also have to get get over or have to deal with or face um so yeah it's extremely honest about yeah like people's decisions and And it's also like very honest about why Takumi is the way that he is without also having that be an excuse for the way that he is. Um, but it is like very honest and sympathetic about that in a way that, um, you know, I think one of the, the only other works that like goes to this extent for me, 
um, is like independent people that we talked about, where Bjarter is also this like um, very abusive, manipulative man. The work is very sympathetic about the conditions that make him that way, while also in no way like uh, excusing his behavior because of that. Um, and and making it clear the way that he's destroying the lives of everyone around him, including himself. So, um, yeah, but yeah. Um, and it's also just a deeply like personal work for me because of the, the specific ways that like the trauma that I have, I relate a lot with, with Osaki Nana. So, um, but yeah, fantastic. Everyone should read it and then listen to our coverage and then tweet about it and post about it in the discord and give me attention. (laughs) Um, shall we run through the, the list? Yeah, I'm I'm just perusing our our um, yeah. combined ranking here. Should we start at the top or the bottom for the combine? Maybe we'll, we'll still do the yeah same order, bottom up. Okay. Um, actually, I think this would be tied for thirteen, right? Because there's fourteen total. Yeah. Um, yep. So tied for thirteen, we have Bacano and Mobile Suit Gundam, the OHMS team. Uh, Bacano moving up slightly to join. 08th MS team from last year before 08th MS team was above Bacano. Now they're just tied. Um, Last year, we also had Kino's journey above the tied serial experiments lane and paranoia agent. Now those three are all tied for number 10. Kino's journey, paranoia agent and serial experiments lane all ranked number 10. (laughs) Yeah. With, Uh, (laughs) I'll just say right now, looking at these rankings, bringing with the ties, I feel pretty good about yeah. about this composite. Yeah. Um, it feels like we have these tiers where it's like, here's the absolute bangers. Here's the like bangers, but we're a little bit more like, or we, we don't think about quite as much. Uh, and then here's these ones that were like good, but we, they're not the bangers to us. You know, Bacano and 08th MS team are not bangers. Everything above yeah. is, but then there's still this like extra tier. So um, number nine, Evangelion and end of Evangelion. Um, I don't know if you want to make any comment on that, but you know, I definitely it's, tanked it's, it a bit here. It, it it it's still in the same plot spot that it was last year, but yeah, um, yeah, you tanked it a little bit. Um, it's weird for me seeing it this low. Uh, yeah, because it's a it's a little weird for me, but yeah, of course it's like hotly contested. I think this yeah. is probably one of the most contested anime series ever <laughs> uh very strong feelings on either side uh yeah significance is unquestioned um and if you told me three years ago that we'd be sitting here uh in 2023 and it'd be number nine i would have been like <laughs> get the fuck out of here but yeah. uh here we are so uh i don't feel uh, bad about it i mean it, yeah. it's it's a great it's a great series and uh We've, we've, we've done enough caveats, I think, to, yeah, to make me feel okay. Um, number eight, Ghost in the Shell, nineteen ninety five, and Ghost in the Shell two, Innocence. Um, yeah, again, feels Ava. weird. It's so low, but. Um. Then tied for number six, Iron Blooded Orphans and Cromartie High School. <clears throat> Let it's me a, just say it's it's an absolutely- odd tie. Yeah, absolutely hilarious that these two are together. <laughs> yeah. Um, number five, Psychopaths. 
number four goes to the shell standalone complex, second gig, and solid state society. Um, I definitely knocked it down a little bit with my dislike of second uh, second gig specifically. For sure. Oh, uh, num- yeah. Yeah. I mean, the stuff second gig is what it is, good and bad, so can't argue with you. Um, and then these top three, I feel good about it as somebody who likes to hammer the drum of people need to like read and watch more uh, shoujo and Jose stuff. Uh, number three, Magic Knight Ray Earth. Uh, number two, Nana. And number one, Revolutionary Girl Lieutenant and Adolescence of Lieutenant. <laughs> yeah, I love I love how our top three is just like <laughs> complete lock shoujo Jose classics. Yeah. Uh, which also note here that from last year, uh, standalone complex, um, and it's, you know, second season in movie. Uh, I think that's probably one of the biggest drops that's happened. And the, yeah. The, the ghost in the shell movies too dropping yeah. four spots. Yeah. So yeah, we've had some, some major shifting. I, I don't yeah. think I expected it to shift this much. Um, but it has, so yeah. that's why we do it. Uh, so now we do the OP and the ED bracket. We will obviously start with the, the OP. Um, first up, we have the fourth OP for Iron-Blooded Orphans. Th- this year, uh, the OP ED bracket is is pretty small, uh, especially because we didn't get <coughs> Nana in here, uh, the Nana anime, which I was originally yeah. planning on. But uh, so we start with OP four versus OP two from Iron Blooded Orphans. This is uh, Fighter by Kanaboom versus Survivor by Blue and Count. So the upside with the thinner bracket this year is that we can waste more time re-listening re- to the songs right now <laughs> uh, to really yeah. have a fresh judgment. Um, so I'm gonna quickly uh, refresh my memory here. Yeah. Um, okay, I like, fighter, I like fighter. It's good. It's, uh, yeah. I like the, the kind of math Rocky riffing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The guitars are nice. And then the way that it kind of, the, the verses, like you start off with that math Rocky riffing, which is a great intro. You have the aggressive, like, kind of hammering versus, uh, yeah. But then it gets transitions pretty cleanly into this like catchy, yeah. like pop punky chorus. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um. The like whoa whoa is is a little bit cheesy, but it it works fine. Yeah, um, it's in that pop punky type. Yeah. It, uh, uh, oh, this might be Survivor for me. Survivor's pretty good. Um, also, just some of the images in this OP are pretty good. Like, Kudelia standing in front of the, like, wrecked Barbados. Or Barbados. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's, submer- like, half submerged <clears throat> in the water. Yeah. Yeah, we have some more math rock riffing here. Yeah. Uh, so that's a that's a wash. <laughs> yeah the math rock element wash no advantage there yeah uh yeah survivor i don't even need to keep listening survivor takes it i think yeah I it's think just survivor a better, won this. it does like 
uh, everything that fighter does, survivor does better. Survivor was yeah. it was a little bit of a grower for me when I uh, when we were watching IBO, but now when I play it, I'm just like fully into it. Uh, yeah, it just clicked for me at one point, and and I'm still I'm still there. Um, okay. Next next matchup, we have the Iron Blooded Orphans' third OP, Rage of Dust, versus the first OP from. Um, Psychopaths, which is Abnormalize. Uh, Rage of Dust is by Spire, and Abnormalize is by Ling Tosite Sigir, I think is how you would say it, or Sigire. Um, I'll, I'll double check in a second when I get to it. This one's good. I like I like this little chorus part. Rage of Dust. Yeah. Um. I mean, a lot of the IBO songs have this sort of like rapid bit, uh, sort of like staccato vocal, yeah. you know, but I think yeah. this is a good one. It's the, that like intro part is real catchy. Okay. Um, not bad. Yeah, yeah. It's not bad. Um, abnormalize. Oh, uh, I mean, after all that IBO, this is, this is a nice, you know, change here. It's a com- yeah, uh, completely different headspace. Yeah. Um, okay, I love the, the bass. So here's the thing. Listening to these tracks on headphones, I guess this is just true of probably all music. <laughs> Sounds a lot better on headphones than over your TV speakers. Yeah. Uh, listening to this track now again on headphones, the bass is excellent uh really like propels the it's an interesting baseline that kind of like emerges and then submerges yeah uh but then really propels in the right spots uh uh i'll also say this is a rare time where i used an image from the the op for the the cover art i feel like i don't do that too often um i also love the i mean i love the riffing uh the tone like the production on this track is uh really stands out yeah uh it's got a really distinct tone guitar uh guitar tone is uh incredible yeah i think i'm gonna give this to abnormalize yeah it's abnormalize and then the the vocals uh like the vocal performance is uh obviously it's uh it's intense but i think it, it reaches like where it's going uh <laughs> whenever it goes like to an extreme place like it, it actually hits it um instead of just being like you know kind of this showy floating over the the music so yeah yeah abnormalize um we now have uh ibo op1 raise your flag by man with a mission. Uh, I think probably the most iconic one from IBO for people, um, up against the, uh, what is this? Uh, OP two survivor from blue Encounter. So survivor has to, to fight again. Yeah. Um, pretty, pretty on, on theme for yeah. IBO. <laughs> 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 okay. Uh, 
I'll I'll give Razor Flag a li- another listen. Yeah. This is another one that sounds a lot better on headphones. Uh, yeah. Because I didn't really... Oh, that fist bump. That fist bump's so good. <laughs> yeah, th- this is a track that I didn't really love when uh, when I was watching the anime. Yeah. Hearing it on headphones, the some of the details just click a little bit better. And, and flesh it out as a song better. Yeah. Yeah, this is better than Survivor. Um, you know, if, yeah. if... I think Rage of Dust could have given Raise Your Flag a little bit more of a run for its money for me. Um, but... Yeah. I think Raise Your Flag is... It's a song that... It seems kind of one-dimensional uh or okay i'll speak <laughs> I, I won't speak objectively for me it's it seemed like a song that was a little one-dimensional uh initially but now like hearing it on headphones um i appreciate more the the little details set i think set it over the the top um and and kind of create a much better more interesting song so yeah i'm okay with uh raise your flag going forward okay um i don't know why it's taking forever for it to save that but okay now we have uh the psycho pass ops going against each other uh op2 out of control by nothing's carved in stone versus op1 abnormalized by um again uh ling uh tosite sigire maybe or tosite sigire so for me, uh, I would even have to listen to these. Um, yeah. I already know I like OP2 better. Um, it, I, it might be OB, OP1 for me, but uh, I will give this to you. Um, I just... Uh, gosh, I really love Out of Control. This is a, yeah. uh, this is a really good song. Uh, the the visuals for this one are really good, and yeah. it makes me happy to see Makishima. For sure, the visuals are great. Um, I just think everything in this song works, even the like hear and lend my ear, which is really grating rhyme. Yeah, uh, the delivery it's just like just smooth enough. I don't know why it works. Uh, I especially love this drum break at like 50 seconds where they just blast the drums. Like it's going to be a a coda and end the song and then slam right back into the chorus. Uh, Man, that feels good. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, Uh, yeah, I I'm, I'm choosing the second one. Okay. So we'll do OB2 out of control. When's this one? Um, so raise your flag versus, uh, OP2 for, uh, out of control here. Okay. Now this is tougher. Yeah. The thing is, like, I may have given it to abnormalize myself, but. Do you think, um, so, okay. If abnormalize had gone through, would you be, would that be beating raise your flag for you? I, I think so. 
But now, but now, but now I think it's raise your flag. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think we might be, I think we might be at an impasse with this one. Um, if, okay, if we agree that abnormalize is better than raise your flag. <laughs> we, already, we... we already did that ranking. We already did okay. that ranking. All right. All I right. Don't... Uh, there's one other thing that this has to go up against. So I will give you out of control. <laughs> okay. Because right. I know it's not beating. <laughs> I know yeah. it's not beating the next one. The thing is, raise your flag is like, well, you know, we already said good song. Um, subtle, subtle details that, that do a lot of work, but, uh, out of control for me is just like, that song just makes me want to run through a fucking wall. It's so good. <laughs> so, um, well, now yeah. I have to do out of control versus June and I fucking know the answer. I don't need to listen to June from, uh, the OP from Sakagake Cromartie High because I've, I've listened to it countless times. It's one of the greatest <laughs> OPs of all time. Yeah. Uh, as much as I, as much as I love the, uh, out of control, um, it's just not, it, it's not beating June. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, <laughs> June wins. Uh, we, we know what we like. Yeah. Um, I'll just put a little, a little space here so we can all enjoy the entirety of the Crow High OP June once again. <laughs> the reigning champion. For now and for all time.
Shall, shall we move on? I'm just listening to June right now, but should oh, we move yeah. on to should we should we move on to the uh, EDs? Yeah, I'm gonna put it on the background too. Yeah. Um. Well, now I'm gonna have to listen to the EDs, but uh. All right. Yeah. I yeah. I can't listen to it for as long as I'd like. When what? Yeah. I'll listen to it after we're done. Yeah. Uh. And of course, standing offer uh, to any listeners who disagree with our rankings whether they be the overall series, <clears throat> uh, you know, the top 14 or the, the OP and ED rankings, please write in, uh, make your case and we will, uh, thoroughly dismantle it. What a, whatever your case is <laughs> next year. <laughs> um, you can send that into ghost spot at gmail.com. So the first matchup we have for EDs is psychopaths ED one. Uh, this is Namai no Nai Kaibutsu uh, by Egoist. I think they're both of the, the EDs, right? We'll, we'll get to the second one. Um, and then IBO ED4, Frisia by Uru. Okay, so Namai no Nai Kaibutsu. It, it doesn't do a lot for me. 
Yeah. The intro, it just feels like, I hate to say it, slightly generic uh, EDM passage. Uh, Doesn't really connect or like set up the verse because then the verse goes back to this more ballad type style. Yeah. And even when they like the EDM beat comes back in on the second half of the verse, there's just no, uh, nothing, no chemistry is happening there for me. This one too makes me feel like it's just doing like, like psychopaths obviously in some ways has to be like, in conversation with a ghost in the shell, this makes it feel like it's just a budget ghost in the shell to me. Yep. Because ghost in the shell is going to have some of that fucking EDM stuff on lock, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Exactly. I agree completely. Uh, um, so ED4. Whereas Freezia. Or ED2. Sorry. Yeah. Freezia. Yeah. Well, so this is ED4. It's ED2 for the second season. Um, Oh, yeah. Thanks. Sorry. Yeah, this one is... Reading the wrong thing. This one's great, Um, especially at, like, this point in the series to just have this, like, fairly mournful... um, Very gentle. Yeah. Uh, Usually something, like, fucking horrible has just happened and this hits, and it's, like, it's, like, gentle but also sad enough. Also, there's just the, the family, you know? There's that... You got the, the photos, the, the yeah. torn apart Barbados in the back. Yeah, and you've got yeah. Cadelia, Atra, um, you know, Mikazuki, Orga. They're all there. They're the that's Orga the family right Mika. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the uh, how gentle uh, the the song starts, um, but yeah. also just like hooks you. Um, even even with like how how soft and gentle it is, it hooks you. Um, the vocal is really engaging, yeah. And then it actually like it builds in a way that when uh, the vocal moves to the like the chorus and uh, starts like reaching higher, um, and yeah, g- goes into the more like energetic passage. Uh, there's this, there's like a smooth progression and it kind of carries the, the emotion of the song like that. There's a, a logical movement there. Yeah. Uh, so it's a very solid song and, uh, should go. Sounds like it. we've, we've given this to Frisia, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a good ED. Um, we now have, uh, IBO ED three. This is Shonen Nohate. Uh, by Grand Radio, up against Psychopaths ED2, All Alone With You by Egoist. Um, I'm going to need to refresh myself on both of these. Obviously start with Shonen Nohate. Shonen Nohate kind of grinds my gears a little bit. Yeah. it. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of uh, uh, Lark, uh, Lark and CL. Yeah. Uh, it, is, it it does have a certain visual kai vibe to it. Yeah. And like I, I've been getting more Lark is like simultaneously things that I just like really don't it's like a type 
elements of like genre that I really don't like, but then the band is also like doing some things that I really like. So I'm like hating it and loving it at the same time. Uh, but this song is just like all of the parts that I don't like just being on their own. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and it's just not for me. Yeah. It doesn't really like go. It it doesn't capture my attention or go anywhere interesting, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, all alone with you. Uh, this one, I think, doing the that like, <clears throat> like the intro here, that softer intro. Yeah. You know, I think it's working more where you then get like a little bit of the swell. Yep. For sure. Yep. This yeah. is a good one. Um. Some good, some good, uh, you know, vocal lines here too. Sounds like we're giving it to all alone with you. Yeah. I'm just listening to all alone with you and, uh, enjoying it. So (laughs) while you said everything that I was thinking, so yes, we're, uh, all alone with you gets, gets this one. This is the part where the guitars come in and it works, you know? Yeah. It's a solid, very solid song. Yeah. Um, we now have Frisia going up against, uh, which is again, OP four or ED four from, uh, iron blooded orphans going up against the first ED. I think that this will be a tough one. Um, but we can obviously give, give a listen to both of them, but, uh, ED one orphans, no um, by why is the name not here? Um, Misia. <clears throat> um, I don't know why they don't have it on the the uh, anime themes where we're listening to these. Orphans no Namida for me. Yeah, Orphans no Namida, but it's by Misia, is the the artist. Oh yeah, but I'm, um, I'm saying like oh yeah, this is my yeah. winner. Uh, um, good. Part like, of what strong. I, go ahead. Yeah, part of what I like about it is, so it comes in with this, like, really belting line. Uh, There's a little bit of, like, a swankiness to it. It's not doing a 70s, like, anime theme that you would associate with, like, early Gundam. But it feels like it's in a lineage with that in a way that I appreciate, you know? Yeah, it It, gives me strong Ray Earth and Utena vibes. Yeah. Yeah, it just feels like a little bit of an older ed than some of the other stuff um and it feels like it's in that kind of like really vocal heavy you know there's like just a little bit of the spice of like amaro in here you know yeah it's not it's not amaro it's doing something else but i i feel like a line there that i don't with you know Uh, any of the other ibo eds for sure emotionally this feels like a gundam song yes like this feels like it's a song that about gundam uh which is that's pretty incredible yeah uh i also uh, obviously it's a very vocal centered song uh but i think the vocal performance on this is one of the stronger ones of all of the eds yeah there's a like there's a greater range uh here and there's like a real belting quality to it that you know 
what what's most <clears throat> having impressive? that range while what range while also belting it loud is not easy. Absolutely. Yeah, what's what's most impressive to me is like the fact that <clears throat> it's a minute and a half uh and the song is able to traverse like it's able to go into two completely really the through the vocal line uh create two completely different headspaces uh yeah. with like the opening portion with the like the strong belting um like swanky balladry uh but then the middle of the song the where the vocal shifts and that's like the slower portion there's so much like space uh in that vocal uh it's it's really an impressive performance and takes the song like completely into a different headspace yeah uh so yeah it's 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 the winner um we now have i am blooded orphans ed2 steal takatsu no kizuna by true uh versus psychopaths ed2 all alone with you by egoist um Mm-hmm. I, I do like this uh this Iron Blooded Orphans ED uh, more than the the you know ED three that we were talking about. Um I don't know if it beats all alone with you though. I don't think it does. Yeah. But you were you were very gracious to allow me to push my pick through last time so if you prefer this one to all alone with you i'll i'll allow you to <laughs> um, I'll, I'll let you push it through i do just like the the little like image of kudeli and atra hanging up the laundry with people you know yeah we can't weight that too heavily though can we no i but i feel like the visuals can be a, a little bit of it you know obviously the yeah. song itself has to stand more on its own but um the visuals are still a part of the experience sure yeah that's fair um yeah we'll we'll have it's up to you um yeah i think i think i'll give this to to all alone with you okay because i know know, between these two neither one of them is beating lithium flower so (laughs) it doesn't really matter um maybe the other entries might we have uh orphans no namida Versus all alone with you. Yeah. This is orphans. Orphans. orphans yeah. yeah. It's it's fucking incredible. All alone with um, you. All alone with you is good. Orphans Nonabida is great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh genuinely one of the like classic anime EDs for me, especially of like the more modern era. You know? Yeah. Um and then we have to do this up against Lithium Flower. I yeah, I guess so. Um, all right well uh, we'll listen to both just to give it a fair shake it's been a while since i listened to lithium flower so first i'll do i'll do with i'll do orphans first again yeah um there's some there's some good images in this uh like the animation of it is too yeah definitely um, also, just when they do the thing where this is like creeping in at the end of the episode, uh, so good. These cats yeah. are going to come in and and leave, which is annoying. But 
They love yeah, orphans. Then, oh, orphans this part where, yeah, this part where it just shifts out of the like really swanky thing. It's still got a little bit of that, like, you know. Yeah, but when the yeah the vocal shifts, yeah, that's the high point of the of the song for me. Yeah, and then like when it shifts back to. Yeah, I mean it's just a great song. Yeah. All right, I'm I'm gonna switch over to Lithium Flower. Okay, I'm coming with you. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, this does rule. That goddamn snare. That fucking snare hit. (laughs) He's so human, human. Something humans do. (laughs) Okay, that's it. I'm sorry. It's Lithium Flower. Uh, He hasn't uh, even finished, like... It's like two lines of vocal, and it's just. <laughs> I, I can't. Was so, I was so ready to be like, "No, Connor, we can't just keep doing Lithium Flower. It's Orphan It's one of the greatest <laughs> anime EDs. Um, but also, Lithium Flower fucking rules. <laughs> okay, I mean, well, don't don't let me like completely hijack this thing. So, if you genuinely want orphans no nabida to go through go go ahead make your case if you if that's what you really want there that's what you think is right we're eventually we are going to do the nana anime and that's where i think i am going to have to fight tooth and nail against lithium flower and i don't know if i can't fight it I don't know if I if I want to try and make the case now with Orphans No Namida, just knowing that probably Nana will beat it later. But this also, is... in my heart of hearts, I think it's Lithium Flower. I think Lithium Flower is better than Orphans No Namida. I, th- I think it is. <laughs> oh my god. This is... Okay, Lithium <laughs> Flower is like... This... I want to be clear that this is not like a bit that we're doing where we just keep picking these same ones. They are just fucking great to, to both of us. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It, we are genuinely like evaluating, doing the like most genuine evaluation we can right now. Lithium Flower is like. I think Orphan Snow it's like is objectively element. a better song, but Lithium Flower is such a good ED. Lithium Flower is like the fifth element of music. Like, it just doesn't... <laughs> it yeah, doesn't a, make sense, like, according to normal laws of music. Yeah. Everything in it is wrong. <laughs> but, like, literally everything about it is is completely wrong. But it just, like... It's perfect, though. Like, every, somehow, it is perfect. Every single episode of Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex, where you get to the end and it's Lithium Flower. It's insane. fucking pop. You pop. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter what happened in the episode. You're like, hell yeah, Lithium Flower. Yeah. Like, we could sit here and talk about Lithium Flower for at least 30 minutes, if not longer. Just like every element in the song, it, it does not make sense by like normal rules of enjoying music. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, but somehow when you put them all together, it, it's just like all bad parts that come together and it was like something completely transcendent. Uh, it's also like, it's also just so hilarious. Yeah. The visuals, like the PowerPoint shit with the visuals, it's just all so wrong. It's not nearly as like polished or musical <laughs> as Orphans No Um But that's just like, that's why it's just on another level. I'm sorry. Yeah. Orphans No is a great song. Lithium Flower is like something more than a song. Yeah. Um, well, let's sit and enjoy the entirety of Lithium Flower.
more words needed. Um, shall, shall we move on to Crow High the movie? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's let's do that. like took notes as i was watching on my my notes app on my phone and then just copied and pasted them into here um okay now imagine so sorry before we start now imagine if we were starting our discussion of barry linden right now yeah i would be dead (laughs) (laughs) and this is why like again with all the apologies at the front of the episode uh but i feel vindicated at this point like there's no fucking way we could have started a discussion of Barry Lyndon right now. Uh, so anyway, sorry to, to interrupt you, but uh, continue, continue on. Yeah. Um, 
So anyway, you can see my just jotted thoughts, but should we do a little bit of a summary of the plot of Crow High the movie? <clears throat> yeah, sure. Uh, um, if you want to kind of, well, I'll, I'll start us off. Um, yeah. So the film starts off with this. Uh, it kind of starts off focusing on Cromartie High School, uh, the school, and it yeah. presents this history <laughs> of Cromartie High School. Which uh, there's like a slow buildup. Um, it's done in this kind of uh, pseudo like documentary style. Yeah, it feels like when you're like at the beginning of the Battles Without Honor and Humanity stuff, where it's like, like the music is different. You don't got like the whole do do do, but like the thing like here's the history and like you know the war happened. And you like here's this like archival footage. And, yeah, text overlaid on the screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's all the, the history of the school and, and the bit, at least in part, is that like <laughs> the school keeps getting destroyed. Like there's all these in- instances in history where it's been destroyed. And then as it's like, as the scene goes on, like the amount of times it's destroyed just like keeps going up and up, which is really funny. Uh, yeah. But then also like the they become more closely clustered together. <laughs> uh, so at first it's like, Oh, it was the earthquake. Um, and then like 30 or 40 years later, it was destroyed. Yeah. And there's like little bits of like, you know, the name changes or whatever in between. And then something will happen and it gets destroyed. And then, yeah, there's, you just get like rapid fire. It getting destroyed. Yeah. But then they keep using the same. I mean, of course the like archival footage is not, it's not Cromartie High School. It's just these like destroyed buildings. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they keep using the same, like f- for every instance of destruction, it's like the same image. It's almost yeah. like that old trauma bit where it's like the car <laughs> go- going off the cliff and crashing or whatever. And they just have the one, like <laughs> it's the one scene of the car crashing that happens in yeah. every movie. Uh, but yeah, so they start off with that. Um, and then it's like, uh, I can't remember if it goes right into Kamiyama. I think it does like a little bit of a panorama of the yeah. school. Yeah, we get like a little intro to the school and then we get, um, like the beginning here is just doing some of the various bits. So like, uh, we get the, the pencil eating, which I thought that the pencil eating was, was, uh, done pretty well like it was pretty funny um in part because you're watching a real actor like take real pencils or fake pencils or something and have to like crunch them up yeah yeah i was impressed with that (laughs) yeah um and here i will say uh just as like an overall point of praise for the movie i appreciated at pretty much every turn when it was like signaling it was about to go into such and such a bit. My reaction was like, how are they going to do that? Or like, oh, are they really going to have like Mikazawa in this somehow? And then they do. They just like yeah. go for it. And uh, that was probably one of my favorite things about the movie. Uh, but the pencil eating bit was the first moment where I was like, are they really gonna is this actor really gonna just like start eating a pencil like a whole stack of pencils uh and i'm sure it's not an actual 
I'm sure it's like some other prop, but um, they they actually do do it, which just seeing it in live action was was really funny. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we then, unlike the anime, get the actual backstory of how Kamiyama came to be at the school. Um, this is just played as like one of these sort of melodrama things. Uh, the, I feel like this wasn't the funniest bit. Like he wasn't quite doing it with the same humor, um, that it, it might've been able to pull off like in the manga. Um, but there was still this certain like parody of like over the top melodrama <clears throat> that, uh, sells a little bit the, the letdown of like, oh, the guy who's trying to help out ends up not getting in. Um, yeah. I also had this moment where I was just looking at Kamiyama and I was like, God, they just got like, like this actor just feels like a common writer protagonist that they like got to, to star as Kamiyama, which I guess kind of fits his vibe. And I looked up the actor and he's literally a common writer protagonist. He literally okay. is common writer in, in a common writer show. Yeah. I thought, uh, I thought the Kamiyama actor was pretty well cast and did a good job yeah. overall. Yeah. Um, if you are going to cast from, so one of the things is this, this movie like leans into Toku, like parody and reference and stuff. Yeah. Um, and if you're going to do that, if you're going to like pull from Toku, getting a literal common writer protagonist to be Kamiyama is the, the correct choice. So, um, but yeah, the yeah. Kamiyama is introduced. You get the backstory, you get like him wanting to reform the school. Mm. Um, and then you get, uh, Maida and Hayashida come in. Yeah. Um, all the characters pretty much get introduced in short order there at the beginning. Yeah. Um, Hayashida just having an entirely different hair uh, fucked me up. Yeah. Um, I also, didn't I love like it. At this point in the movie, there's like a weird over-reliance on having nudity as like a joke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is like not really in the manga or anime at all. Yeah. Um, the scenes of, yeah, those are typically in like these panorama scenes where th the film is really interested in like, it has the environment of the school and it does a pretty good job of like having a level of chaos persistent like chaos in the background yeah um that's different like it, that's not what you, is present in the um anime or the manga uh but it's more just like delinquency chaos that's just happening constantly in the background um and even though that wasn't it's not like faithful to the manga in the exact way uh still felt like an interesting it still felt valid as like yeah. an interpretation uh and that's where a lot of the nudity like nudity comes in with people being naked or like taking a shit on the floor <laughs> in the yeah. background um, um you don't actually see them shitting but that's like what they're doing you know yeah yeah um also as a note so there's like the Midas mom bit whereas like you know 
in this, it feels more like the joke is just cross-dressing, whereas, like, in the manga, it feels like the joke is Maeda and Maeda's mom look really, really similar. And so people, like, mix, mix them up, but then, like, Maeda has lots of presence, and or Maeda's mom has lots of presence, and Maeda has no presence as well. But then, like, it's funny because they look the same that, like, Maeda's mom would have presence, and people would, like, pay more attention to her. Um but by by virtue of them having the same face, like the choice that you have to make is to have the same actor play Maeda and his mom, which then just does this like cross dressing thing. And I was like, oh, okay, like yeah, that's just how you have to do this. I feel like the joke ends up being more like, oh, here's a guy cross dressing. Um, but I was yeah. like, eh, it's just kind of how you have to do it. But then when they have Takanochi on the plane with the hijackers, one of the hijackers is just cross dressing as a, a airline like hostess um and i was like okay so there is just a certain amount of you think that like doing the cross-dressing is a funny joke that's happening here yeah yeah the thing with maida's mom is also i think they also kind of miss the joke in that the performance of maida's mom is like it's over the it's it's over the top intense yeah like she comes in and i mean again it's the same actor who's playing maida um, but she comes in and like drops the tea off and then she's like mean mugging the, yeah, the guys and like being super intense. Um, and that's not like the joke really with my yeah. mom. Uh, like she's not doing that in the anime or the manga. It's like something a little more subtle <laughs> that's happening. Yeah. Uh, and I think it just like completely misses the, the joke. Unfortunately. Um, I also think like some of the Takanoshi stuff, it, it feels like it's adapting it, but not fully like getting into what's funny with Takanoshi and the hijackers. Um, and then especially when he ends up in South America and it's just like the weird natives or whatever, where I was like, this stuff just isn't playing as well as having like Takanoshi somehow end up in like America and is walking on like a highway and like Nevada. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. in like a weird isolation you know that's there there was like a dryness that was missing it was like really getting like goofy and like over the top native stereotype stuff where i was like again this doesn't feel like the actual joke to me um, yeah and the performance of i think there's also more cross-dressing with this too there's there, like a yeah 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 because they're like going to marry the native woman is like going to he's going to be forced to, to marry this like <clears throat> native American woman or, uh, or, or whatever. Um, yeah. And like, yeah, it, that was just, I didn't think it was very funny <laughs> either. Yeah. Uh, also the, the performance of Takanuchi, it was a lot more just like straight Yakuza guy. I mean, then, he's played by, like, an actual professor, professional wrestler, I think. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So one of the things is I do think it, like, leans into also the way that, like, Crow High will reference, like, music and, um, like... Wrestling. Wrestling and pop culture and stuff. But, like, doing these sort of stunt casting things. Um, so, but yeah. it does feel like you don't have an actor that can, like, sometimes sell the jokes right because he's not really an actor. You know? Right. Yeah, the performance leans way more into like the physicality of Takanochi when in reality yeah. the thing that's truly funny about Takanochi is like the psychological aspect of Takanochi. 
Yeah, I feel like so, one of the biggest things missing yeah. in this is there's not a lot. Sometimes you might still get the little like thought that somebody's having. On they the try side, to do it, and then but they, they don't like, do it. They don't do it well enough. They don't make that yeah. the heart of the comedy, and that's what it, it needs to be. Yeah, I appreciated that they like tried to do it, but <clears throat> it feels like. I mean, I I know this is not how movies are produced, <laughs> uh, but watching the film it felt so much like they started off trying to do that and then it was too awkward or hard and they just gave up yeah and then uh it it kind of falls away as the movie goes on um then uh we get the introduction of um Freddy here, uh, which they're, they're doing their best, but like, this is just a thing where like, you can't cast literally Freddie Mercury to be in your live action movie in, you know? Yeah. And that makes it harder for them to, to make the connection. Yeah. And they try to do like, it's, it's not another one bites the dust, but it's some like vaguely similar baseline. Yeah. When they introduce Freddy to try to signal that, but I don't, it just doesn't land. Um, I also wanted to note the, the subtitles that I had. So the, the Japanese, when Freddy shows up, says Freddy. And then the word that like appears in Japanese, I looked it up, seems to just translate to like unknown or unclear. Like we don't know his <laughs> yeah. name, but we're For calling sure. him Freddy. Yeah. Um, but the subtitles I had said, Freddy, comma, hard gay. And I was like, what? <laughs> what I, is well, that? I had the exact same reaction. Uh, yeah. and I did the same thing you did, which is I looked it up. Uh, and I guess there's a wrestler, a comedian slash wrestler in Japan <clears throat> named, uh, uh, Sumitani Masaki. Uh, let me send you this. I actually just found this um, coincidentally uh, right before we started recording, but uh, his moniker was hard gay or at one point was like hard gay was a, one of his monikers. Yeah. So I'm guessing that is the reference. Uh, And then I don't know if the, the word that, because we have the same, uh, version of the film. I think I torrented. I think I got it from you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so when I looked up this word who show, it's like G show doesn't have anything on it being a related to gender or uh, or sexual orientation. Yeah. And I can't find anything on the internet that's indicates that. So it's a weird translation. Um, but maybe. Someone who, if if we're missing something here, someone can write in. Yeah. Um. This isn't like the guy who plays Freddy, right? I don't. I don't think this is who plays Freddy in the movie. Um. Let me let me look at from writing high the movie. I just want to double check. <clears throat> I would be surprised. Yeah. Uh, Freddy is Hiroyuki Watanabe. 
Yeah, um, so who's not. like mostly from Tokusatsu. A lot of the actors who aren't like this more uh, stunt casting kind of stuff um, are like Toku stuff. Um, I would say. Uh, but anyway, we get uh, the gorilla and Makazawa. Uh, they show up as well. Um, we get the like bit of like going to see the the people, right? Uh, yeah. The like, you know, tough people who are in the school or whatever. Yeah, you'll um, never fix the school because this guy's here. Yeah, and then it's Freddy and the gorilla. Um, and the Makazawa thing in particular felt too hammy. I I needed them to play it a little bit straight. You know. Yeah. Yeah, because um, like right off the bat, it's it's kind of focused on him. Being a robot. Yeah. Um, we get this like anti-smoking bit, which might be from the manga and we haven't gotten to it yet. I don't remember it, but um, Kamiyama is trying to convince them all to not smoke and then finally convinces them to uh, eat bananas instead. Um, <laughs> so this is this bit where it's like, oh, like, you know, we should stop smoking cigarettes. We should smoke cigars because look at like Freddy. He's such a uh, badass and he's smoking cigars. Um, and then they like go through the cycle again, but then it's like, they see the gorilla eating a banana and they're like, Oh, the banana, that'd be the thing that would like, you know, we would keep our hand and our mouth busy in the way that a cigarette would. Um, and then they're just like all eating bananas and they slip on the banana peel at the end. Um, and it's like, it, you know, for having a bunch of build up to then just the classic slipping out of banana peel, I thought, I thought it worked, but yeah, um, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, Hokuto finally shows up. Um, and we I pretty- love the intro scene of Hokuto with the pants that don't fit. Yeah. It looks like, uh, <laughs> in that first scene, especially, he just looks so much like a, a rich kid who's been like stuffed into this suit that doesn't fit him. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, and it pretty quickly moves through some of the Hokuto stuff to starting the like earth defense force or whatever. I forget what they call it. Global defense force. Yeah. Global defense force. Um, and in the process, they try to recruit people. Um, and so we get these like three scenes where one, it's this wrestler, Hashimoto Shinya, uh, who ends up not being recruited. Then it's this like musician. I think he does some other stuff. Uh, Matsuzaki, uh, Shigeru, which people in the like, you know, US and Europe and stuff probably best know for he did like some Katamari music. Um, and then finally they recruit this comedian, uh, Atokai, who's like an actor and comedian. Um, and from there, it moves into this exorcist parody where uh, Mekazawa is possessed and it turns out he has a cat in him. Um, but it's mostly just a straight exorcist parody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the punchline is, is that it's a cat. Yeah. Uh, then we're hitting the part where I was tired and I, I was starting to fade and I was like, I just need to go to sleep and finish this later. But did, did Freddy have a mom? Yeah. So the whole the exorcist parody is... It's revealed that Freddy is responsible because he found a, like an abandoned cat and then he yeah. takes it home and we get a shot of his like home, him leaving with a, the voiceover saying that his mom wouldn't let him keep the cat. So then he like goes to bring it back to the, yeah where he Maybe. found it 
and maybe and this spend. is a bit later in the manga that I just don't remember. I don't remember Freddy having a mom though. It's weird to think of Freddy having a mom. It it is, and we we definitely haven't uh, gotten to that point in the manga. If it is yeah. in there, um. But anyway, uh, Hokuto uh, retires from the Global Defense Force, um, which goes mostly the same as it does in like the anime and the, the manga, uh, yeah. where makes Kamiyama the captain. Um, it's just not as funny. Yeah. Sorry. Um, it, because of the lack of the interiority, where mm-hmm. like, because this is a really hilarious part in the manga. Uh, and, and also the anime, um, because like the unintended consequences and so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, Hokuto like suffering (laughs) at this dilemma he's created. Yeah. Uh, and the film to its credit tries to do that, but but yeah, it just doesn't, it doesn't stick the landing. Yep. Um, but then they're like, well, we need to defend the, the earth. Cause that's what we do. So they decide so of to course summon, we summon some aliens. aliens. Yeah. Um, and they summon aliens and they summon actual characters from the show Spectre Man, which is from 1971. I was like the first or one of the first, um, superhero toku shows. Um, and the, the aliens that come down are, uh, Dr. Gory and La often spelled LLA because together it's gorilla gorilla. Um, <laughs> those characters come down, you get like the planet E song. I think it's, this is just the song from the show. Um, and in some ways, like this is the point where the show, the movie just becomes this like kind of toku joke thing. And some of it starts working more just because it's doing its own thing more. I feel like. Yeah. Um, it's just like a completely different movie though. All yeah. of a sudden. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so uh, the the aliens, Dr. Gory and La, they like do these like uh, alien headbands that everyone's wearing that's controlling them. Um, and Kamiyama suspects that something's wrong because people are acting too normal and are being punctual and are coming to school on time. Um, and so he's like, we have to go and like fight the aliens. And there's this moment in the, the, uh, like, um, Maeda's house where, like, everybody leaves. Uh, nobody, everybody's like, oh, you know, like, scares, is scared. And oh, yeah. I'm ex- excusing themselves from, like, yeah. fighting the, the aliens. And Maeda's, like, wants to do that, but is already home. And so there's no place that he can go to. And so he does not leave. Um, and then Kamiyama and I think it's Kamiyama and Maeda at the beginning. They're then walking down like basically the dirt path from the, the first dead or alive movie at the end. Like <laughs> it might literally yeah. be the same shot. Cause I'm sure Toku stuff also uses this like dirt road sometimes, but they're walking yeah. down it. And then Hayashida is there. Like, yeah. And everybody tra- like immediately comes heroically. back. And, yeah. This um, part of the movie feels like, it's it's kind of funny because of this, but it feels like they just had a script and then they just removed ninety percent of it, and then yeah, just like know. made the rest, <laughs> uh, like had the same runtime for it with ten yeah. percent of the script. Yeah. Um. 
especially because like the joke of everyone leaves and then immediately comes back. Um, it like everybody coming back is so drawn out. They doesn't sell the joke. Right. You know? Yeah. It, I like, like I would be, it feels like it's parodying how there will always be the moment where like the team falters, but then in the end they all come together. Uh, and it's just like fast tracking it. And that's the joke is that like, this is just a trope plot line and we're just going to yeah. like do it so quickly that it becomes nonsensical or we're, like, we're going to do the like turn from everyone leaves to everyone comes back. Instantly. And it's like the very next scene. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, that is kind of funny, but, but the drawn get- it's then drawn out where they're coming back where it doesn't land. Yeah, it just the way it's executed is like yeah. it just feels sloppy. Um Mastock and Ochi is walking with them and they're like, Who are you? Because he doesn't have his mask on. And then he does the whole walking home and going to his apartment, uh, or like to his house where he lives with Takanochi's mom. Um and sees the mask that he forgot to put on and then sits at the table dejected. Um and it's the most, to me, up until this point, the most the, the movie has understood the humor of Camarade High School is just the way that they show him, like, walking home and going and being like, oh, I forgot my mask. Yeah, I love how he, like, <laughs> the the way that it breaks the whole, uh, like, thrust of the scene where they're heroically yeah. going back into danger. And then it's, Kamiyama is like, oh, like... Yeah, we're the global defense force. We're going to save the earth, but like, who are you? <laughs> and then he just like doesn't even respond, just yeah, he just immediately walks away. turns left. <laughs> and you just, just get his whole walking home. Yeah. It's yeah. Great. Yeah, um, for sure. And then they try and break the tension of they're going to do the big heroic thing again with they're about to do the showdown. And then Hokuto has to go take a call from his sister. And it does not work the same way. It's like too, like, it's the second time oh, they've oh, used this yeah. bit, too. Yeah, they've used this bit. It's not landing as well this time. And, like, the whole him being like, oh, sorry, I have to take this. It just, it doesn't have the same, like, comedic landing of just Mass Takenochi just fucking leaves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goes home and, like, dejectedly looks at the mask he forgot to put on. <laughs> um, then, uh, the. No relation at all to Mass Takanochi comes back to help out in this like dramatic moment during the fight, you know, to, to help out. And I had this realization because they refer to him as the real Takanochi. And I was like, well, I'm Conrad Bhutan. We never call him the real Takanochi. We hold in our hearts that Mass Takanochi also has validity as a Takanochi. And it's just like master unmasked Takanochi. And then the Takanochi that has no relation whatsoever to masks. <laughs> Yeah, no, we would but, never cheapen Mass Takenuchi. Yeah, but in our yeah. in our hearts, and I think in the in the manga's heart, both of those are valid as Takenuchis. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but <clears throat> yeah, we get a real, real Takenuchi. They call him coming. I out. did. I did like the return. Yeah, um, that it made sense. <clears throat> uh the trans- transforming Mekazawa bit was kind of funny as well. Just like him. With the laser growing. beams. Yeah, and shooting all the laser beams. And all the just explosions that they start doing. There's just like a yeah. bunch of explosions here. Uh, in like true toku fashion where it feels like there's yeah. like three yeah. that they're using. Uh, but yeah, it works. We yeah, then the cut whole, to. The th- 
using Mekazawa to go into that more tokusatsu space makes sense because that's obviously in the the yeah. manga and the um the anime yeah it's just done a little in the different context of like this whole tokusatsu plot instead yeah um we then get just like absolute cutaway to just uh it's like freddy and the gorilla and an, I, I, a few other people i think um watching Puton. and this Puton bit is pretty fucking good yeah the the whistling for snakes um and Puton's friend is like why, why are you struggling whistling are you scared of snakes and he's like no i'm not scared of snakes um and then finally does whistle and then they just throw a cat on the like from off screen and the cat just runs away um <laughs> and they're like oh it was a cat or whatever and it it fucking works for me <laughs> yeah this puton bit it felt so much like pondering puton yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think that's what i like the most about it uh especially with the when they take the the costumes off and they're just yeah. sitting there like yeah and we and we get yamaguchi watching it and being like i don't understand why people like this oh i get it it's the costumes like it's the kigurumi and then they take them off and they're just like sitting and chatting about other stuff yeah yeah like oh yeah this, this costume fits pretty well <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're just like fanning um. themselves yeah, the whole Puton bit fucking landed for me. I was like, finally a part understood Crow High to me. Um, I, I wish they had done... This felt... The Yamaguchi and Puton stuff, the way they just slam it in at the end, yeah. felt like kind of shortchanging it. Or yeah. uh, I would have liked to see more. And then more like intentional... Um usage of that material yeah probably like earlier or throughout or whatever yeah this and then like the mid credit post credit stuff which we'll get to was the most like you could have done a crow high movie that understood the humor and it or is like doing the humor and it just didn't play out for the most part yeah um but yeah kamiyama goes into the U ufo to try and figure out the controls to like stop the mind control thing uh but all of the controls are just missiles and weapons and it's just shooting everywhere um and then he finally finds the thing where he can like uh push the button and like judo project project himself so everyone sees him um and then does the pokemon the first ending or first movie ending of like being crying and be like why are we fighting as like the two pikachu slap each other basically <laughs> yeah yeah. Yeah, this part was just like this is where it's kind of off the rails. Yeah. For me. Uh and there's a whole speech about like uh this isn't what school is supposed to be and like, you know, what high school life is supposed to be or whatever. Uh why are we fighting like this? Um Yeah. Uh and then there is the the one part that does work a little bit as the joke, which is then he's like, you know, look to the blue sky to like understand what it is that you should be doing instead of fighting uh and then they look up and they realize that a meteor is coming and it destroys the school yeah so which the the whole history at the the beginning ends with like and in this year like the school is going to be destroyed again and so this is the thing that destroys it yeah um and then we get this ending that is the the crow high bit of like oh school is so boring while like wild stuff is happening behind but it doesn't work now because kamiyama just gave a whole thing about like what school life is supposed to be is this boring thing right yeah so now it's like not really a contrast 
Yeah, now they are commenting on they are trying to live a regular school life and the regular school life is boring. But Kamiyama being like, well, that's just what life is. This is how it's supposed to be. But that's like tied into the whole speech that he did was the, that was supposed to be the whole resolution of the conflict rather than just this random observation that they are having while just the wildest shit is happening at their school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, But then Takanochi is the one who's abducted. Uh, by the aliens, uh, Dr. Gori and La when they when they leave. Um, and also Mekazawa becomes the clock. Because we we gotta get Mekazawa being turned into something here. Um so um and then we go go to the credits, and then we have two moments that do just feel like it's doing crow high bits and it's doing them well. We get the mask Takanochi job interview, uh, where he does the whole thing wearing the mask but and then realizes that he was wearing the mask the whole time, but then still gets hired. Uh, that, that works. It's, it's played correctly. Um, and then we get this cafe thing where Mass Takanochi is coming clean to Hayashida, um, about like, oh, I'm not really Takanochi, like, you know, uh, and Hayashida's like, oh, I'm really good at noticing details, like, uh, and while he's doing it, there's the joke of like, he's just picked up Mekazawa Beta, the Mekazawa's like, younger brother or whatever. Um, and inside it's like a, you know, like sugar or tea or something. Um, like it's like a canister that he's using. Um, and you're like, aha, it's funny. Cause he's like not noticing that he's holding Mekazawa beta. He just thinks it's like the tea canister while he's talking about how good he is at noticing details. And then it pulls out and you see that the like table that they're sitting at is Mekazawa. And I've noticed. And that just also works as like a crow high bit. So, yeah. 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 I mean, overall, um, it wasn't, I'm glad that we watched it. Yeah. It's not as good as the manga or the anime. Uh, I definitely think that there's absolutely no way you could recommend. You couldn't have someone watch this unless they already like it knew and liked Crow High. Yeah. Um, and even as someone who likes Crow High, there were moments where it was like a stretch for me. Yeah. This is not the thing that is going to sell someone on Cromartie High School at all. No, absolutely not. Uh, but there were things that, like, as people who are really into Crow High, uh, that were enjoyable. Um, and then just, like, seeing it translated to live action, uh, that added to the Crow High experience for me. Uh, yeah. I liked <clears throat> getting... Uh, there was something just enjoyable about seeing it in live action, like realized uh, that like filled a space in my brain that was empty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I also liked, even though the hair on Hayashida was wrong, um, I think the having was good. Yeah. I think having actual actors for Hayashida and Maida. Yeah. Helped. Uh, solidify the distinction of the characters more like for me yeah um yeah there's still there were some questionable casting choices but those three were you know and i understand you're doing this like low budget uh live action of a of a comedy manga anime um you're not going to shave your head into a, a mohawk for that i get it <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it still felt wrong to me Yep. 
Um, should we move on to questions? Yep. Two, two hours, almost three hours in. Time to open my second beer. Yeah. So our first question comes in from Grays. Uh, Dear Ghost Divey, it's January 2nd, 2023, and I'm listening to the 2023 Nana episode. There's, there's a lot more than one now. Um, after listening to the complete lithium flower experience, I have a question for you. Imagine it's 20, uh, 2007. You're you currently, and you've left your time machine to get a meal at some local bar. Number one, what's your drink and appetizer order? I'll let you go first. Um... I mean, it, it depends on the bar, but uh, I really like, especially like at a bar, if I can get um, like shishitos and edamame, uh, like if it's like more of a uh, like Japanese <laughs> bar yeah. situation. Um, that doesn't strike me as some local bar uh, offering, but I guess it just depends on where you are. Yeah. I mean, I'm in Chicago. There's, there's some places where that would be the case, but um, yeah. Otherwise, uh, I also, this is in a very different mode, but I also just like some fucking messy nachos at the beginning, mm, you know? Yep. Um, and then if it's like the Japanese bar, I'm probably getting a Kiranichiban. Um, and if it's like another one, I'm probably getting something that, uh, like I'm going to start with something that's going to be a little bit heavier. I'm going to probably move on to like, you know, a cocktail or like a lighter, like fruitier beer. Um, but you know, the first one would probably be something that's like a little bit more like a wheat beer or something. Mm, yeah. Uh, for me, most bar visits, <clears throat> uh, it's just going to be beer straight through. I'll sometimes go for like a, it's pretty, pretty rare that I get an actual like mixed drink or cocktail. Um, not cause I don't like them, but just because I don't even know. Uh, I think the mental effort of selecting one and like consuming one is, is greater than I <laughs> want to spend <laughs> for some weird reason. Uh, so I typically just get the, uh, uh, a simple beer and then kind of drink it straight through. Um, and then appetizer order, uh, again, like, the wording some local bar uh, to me just gives an image of an indistinct type uh, of bar. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm lowering my expectations. Uh, and with that, probably going to go for the wings. Yeah. Uh, I think this is just a good, you really, unless the wings are abs- just terrible, uh, they're a pretty solid appetizer. So beer and wings, it's a good start yeah. off for any, yeah. any bar visit. Uh, so while we eat a drunk man at the bar, uh, with us, starts talking to us about the, his girl, uh, this girl, his lithium flower. He's saying all the things in the song about her and is not taking any hints. So number two, what do you do to make this man stop talking to you? <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'll let you go first. I mean, why do I have to make him stop talking to me? He's talking to me. He's, <laughs> he's doing lithium flower. I'm like, all right, man. Yeah. Yeah. And it She's sounds number nine? just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
You're like, yeah, I really. Yeah, is she I, really human? I, okay. I, I, so Sonic waves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really relate to everything you're saying, man. Uh, I think you got to just you got to just keep going the way you're going. Yeah. Uh, so you have validate him basically. Is that your that's your answer? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I really do want to make someone stop, I'd probably like start with the body language and then like the intensifying it and then the like. Uh, oh, sorry, I got to take this call, that kind of thing, where you just kind of, like, exit yourself from the situation. Yeah. You know. Uh, in in the very unlikely case that I would want this man to stop talking to me, because uh, I'm with you on that. Yeah. I w- would probably make the observation that uh, it, it would be very difficult... It, it's very unlikely that the uh, that his girl, the lithium flower, would actually be able to surf at all, because lithium is extremely reactive with water. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I would probably challenge him on the possibility of the lithium flower surfing uh, whatsoever. Uh, I would seek greater clarity on on how exactly that works. Well, you see, it's surfing on the net. Okay. Well. Then I would just tell him to fuck off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If he after he said that, I would just tell him to fuck off, and then I would punch him in the face. <laughs> uh, Grace says, "Happy New Year! Good luck with the time machine. Can't wait for the next Nana episode. I hope you are enjoying them." Um. So we then got an email. Uh, in some cases, if if there wasn't a signature, but I, somebody who writes in regularly, and I know is fine with us saying their name, I will say the name. In this case, there's not a signature, and it's not a, a regular enough writer that I'm not going to say the name. So anonymous. Um, again, apologies if you want to be named. Feel free to to let us know. Um, but uh, this anonymous person writes in with a Barry Lyndon question. Uh, the question is, why is that the Velvet Underground banana? Uh. Do you want guess, to take this question yeah, when we do the the um, we we, we can when we do it. Uh, this is the one where I've already kind of explained it. You know, we weren't actually doing Barry Lyndon. It was my like biggest tip to something's going on here. Uh, it's the banana peel that uh, they slip on in this movie, Cromarty High School, the movie. Um, and I did the Velvet Underground because, of course, we have to make it a music reference because it's Cromarty High School. Yeah, yeah. Um. No, no great mystery there, other yeah. than just our uh, questionable decision making. Um, Zach, a very fine cat from the Abnormal Mapping Discord, writes in uh, with New Year's special questions, Puton edition. So uh, Zach says. Hey, Ghost Divers, wandering over from the Puton feed to wish you a Happy New Year's. I've only listened to a few seasons of Ghost Divers, but I've greatly enjoyed what I've heard, especially the Ghost in the Shell coverage. I'm going to start watching IBO soon, and I look forward to listening to that season alongside it. I'm a big fan of the Cromartie anime and Pondering Puton, but until now, uh, I hadn't read the comic. In honor of the New Year special, I finally decided to, uh, to do as y'all always recommend and read Sakagake Cromartie High School. Freshly caught up with the podcast, I have a few qu- uh, Cromartie questions for you. 
Question one, in chapter 25, it was pretty obvious that Fuyuki would tell the best scary story, but it was fun to see everyone else try and fail in myriad ways. Are there any, uh, are either of you fond of scary stories? And if so, do you have a particular favorite? Um, I do like scary stories. I like, especially horror movies. Um, I feel like horror movies are like my biggest, uh, scary thing that I really enjoy. Um, and Pulse, the the original one, not the the Hollywood remake is fucking awful, but Pulse is just a, a fucking classic. It's, it's great. Uh, I have to comment on these questions, first of all. Do you have uh, to? <laughs> well, yeah, I could abstain. I have, I technically have a right to do that. Uh, but the, these these questions really made me laugh. Uh, because uh, I, I don't think they're uh, referencing Crow High, but what do you mean? when I first, I yeah, I mean maybe I'm wrong. Uh, <laughs> when I first opened this up, I'm reading over the questions, and you really got me because I'm like, holy fuck, what part of my brain just died to make me like forget <laughs> that all of this stuff that happened in the Crow High manga, um. So you really threw me for a loop there. Uh, and then I had to like, well, eventually I figured it out. Yeah. Um, but to answer this one in particular, uh, I do like scary stories. Um, and I'm kind of with you. Uh, I don't really uh, read that much like horror literature. And actually my engagement with the like horror genre has fallen off in recent years. Um, and, and this is a bit of a tangent, but uh, I have like uh vasovagal syncope. So certain types of like bleeding or injuries when I see them just like make me pass out. Uh, and I've had it for, uh, I guess like my whole life, but the first time I had like an actual fainting attack was in fourth grade. Um, and it seems like it's actually gotten worse over the years. Um, so it's funny to me to look back, uh, cause I used to like, I really wanted to like horror films. Um, and I used to be the guy who would like, <laughs> <laughs> whenever I'd be dating someone part of the, like at, at a certain point, whoever I dated, I would be like, Oh, look at this. Like, I'm going to show you this. Uh, my favorite, like horror movie. Um, as just like, you know, let me show you this really extreme thing that I like, uh, for like the enjoyment of, sharing it with someone, but also seeing like how you, how you react kind of thing. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, this is something that like, I know straight dudes do. Um, so, but, uh, <laughs> it's notable and funny because at one point, uh, I, I had a mishap where, <laughs> so w one movie that I, I do think is a pretty good movie is the descent uh, the Neil Marshall movie. And there's two scenes in that movie that just like straight up will just knock me out. 
Uh, and one time I was showing it to some, <laughs> to somebody and I passed out. Yeah. <laughs> like I was doing this whole thing and then I passed out. Uh, and that, that kind of made me start rethinking things. Uh, so now I like, and of course it's a, it's like just purely physiological. Um, there's no coping mechanism or, uh, I mean, I guess they're, they'll say that you can work on this with, uh, certain types of therapy. Uh, but it's, it's such a physiological response that there's no like coping mechanism or like thought process or psychological, uh, intervention <laughs> that you can do. Uh, you just like see it and then your heart stops pumping blood to your brain, uh, until you lay down. So, um, yeah, there's like, yeah. there's just truly nothing I can do about it. And so nowadays I like, I I'm pretty averse to, uh, watching horror films. Cause I just don't know, like if it's going to elicit this reaction. Um, and, and so then I just like kind of don't bother with it. Uh, it's a little more trouble than it's worth. Um, yeah. like I, I would like to, um, and I do enjoy them, but it's just like, that's, a, that's an issue. Um, and I'll do it. Like I'll go watch somebody have a compound fracture of their leg or get stabbed in the neck or something and pass out. <laughs> uh, if it's worth, if it's worth my time, uh, if I really believe that, but yeah, I don't just go like watch the new saw movie or whatever. Uh, cause I'm, you're going to need to wheel me out of the theater. Um, and so that's kind of where I am. And then the other problem that I have is that I'm just an enormous, like scaredy cat. So, uh, if I, if something is like a good horror film, uh, it will just fuck me up for, for a few days. Um, and that combined with the other thing is like, I really pick my, uh, I choose carefully now. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that's kind of my, my stance on, I know I've, tur we've turned this from scary stories into horror films, but, um, yeah. that's kind of where I am, uh, on them. Um, uh, I mean, I still really like the descent. Uh, the exorcist is, uh, is great. Uh, there's a movie called session nine that I think is a very good horror film that it used to be one of my favorites. Um, there's, I mean, um, all, all kinds of classic horror films. Um, what's the, uh, is it don't look now? Is that the one I'm thinking of with Donald Sutherland? Maybe. Uh, Nicholas rogue film. It's yeah. very good. Uh, so anyway, um, <clears throat> I am like the opposite of you in that. I really like blood. Uh, oh, I, I know this about I, you. Yeah, I have mentioned previously on episodes of this podcast that I'm I kind of have a blood fetish. So uh, there are some movies that are like ostensibly scary movies, but like um, like probably the thing that is meant to be the most horrific in The Hunger. I'm just like, all right, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm into this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it it is what it is, but it is just funny that we are like so opposite in this way. <laughs> Yeah, this is something I've just like accepted about myself. Yeah, after uh, 
a long time of like. <laughs> I mean, not li- what it- listen, it's a physiological response for me too. It's just in a very different way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> located in a different part of the body, maybe. <laughs> well, it's, it's still mostly a brain thing, but right, yeah, yeah, uh, but a different, yeah, different part of the brain, or yeah, it does something different and good for you instead of. <laughs> For me, it just shuts my whole fucking body down. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, question number two: uh, Is Robocop's Butler Paul as cool as I think he is, or am I just a sucker for any time a Butler turns out to be a secret badass? I think this is a little column of A, a little column column B. I think Paul is cool, but also you might be a little bit of a sucker for this specific trope. You know, both can mm-hmm. be true. He can be cool, and also you like. You can be like putting it above the level of cool it is. Yeah. I love this part of Cromartie High School. Yeah. The Butler Paul is great. Uh, number three, uh, of the main five Coronians in the platoon, which one is your favorite? Um, for me, it's kind of a, a toss up between Giroro and Dororo. Um, I do think both of them are pretty good for like yeah. different reasons. Yeah, this was a pretty good part of Cromartie High School as yeah. well. Um, and number four, do you think the Coronians would be happy if they actually managed to conquer Pecopon, or would it ultimately be a hollow victory? I think it is a little bit of the, like, um, Wily Coyote, like, Roadrunner thing, where there would be, like, a certain happiness, but also, like, Wily Coyote's whole existence is tied up in being the thing that chases the Roadrunner, you know? Yeah, um, like they wouldn't it, know what to do if they actually yeah. realized it. Well, I think like the, I think that Wiley Coyote would eat the Road Roadrunner, but like, yeah, but after you, that, yeah, what do you do with your life after that? Like you've you've invested so much of your life into this, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think a little bit of a hollow victory, but I think specifically in this way of like. You, there would still be a certain happiness, but then afterwards there would be a bottoming out from that happiness into, well, what is my life now? You know? Uh, yeah. A true, a true moment of jouissance for, for the Coronians. I yeah. Think. In, in Cromartie high school. Yeah. In Cromartie high school. Um, anyway, Zach finishes with happy diving in the new year. Um, we got a, an email, which I'm going to say anonymous here, uh, for the aforementioned reasons. This is specifically about Barry Lyndon and, and what ghost ever shows Barry Lyndon would fit into. Uh, we'll answer this when we, when we do the, you know, you guessed on ornate stairwells. Yep. This one, I think we'll, we'll fully put to the side. Um, Aiden writes in. And says, congrats on this year of Ghost Divers. It's been great, and I'm excited for the upcoming year. As much as you joke about the length of the non-episodes, they're phenomenal discussions, and you two are great at bringing observations that grow from your back and forth. Um, there's then Barry Lyndon things here. Uh, I guess the the main note here is that Aiden wants us to talk about Lord Bullingdon, which, um, you know, we'll just keep that in mind when we do the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finishes with here's to the new year. But I'm not going to read all the Barry Lyndon stuff again. Um, should we wait until we do the the? Because uh, this is one where where Google gave me the suggested uh, responses. Should we wait, or yeah. should we say okay? Yeah, no, we can wait. Okay, uh, we'll we'll really 
again, the Barry Lyndon related material, we will, uh, um, give it a, uh, a full and thorough treatment, uh, on the Barry Lyndon episode, um, which, which it deserves. Um, so including our, our Google auto response bit, that's, that's part of it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Ina writes in here, uh, with a, with a long email, some of the stuff we will save cause it's about Barry Lyndon. Um, should I save the title for Barry Lyndon? Cause it's a Barry Lyndon yes. specific title. Okay. Yeah. Um, my Ina says, uh, Hey, what's up ghost divers. This is Ina. Big fan, big fan. Uh, then all caps. What a year, what a year, one more year of ghost divers, 10,000 million more years to come. The greatest podcast in all the world. Cheers to you guys and all the guests. Every episode a banger. Peel, uh, please feel free to edit for time. I know it's a long one. Salute. We're just going to silo some of this stuff. Uh, there is a question here that's not about Barry Lyndon, but I'll still save it for the Barry Lyndon episode because it does have, I got some questions about Barry Lyndon above it all. Is that fair? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't want to ruin by doing one of these out. I want it to show up in the order. Yeah, no, they belong together. Yeah. Um, then, uh, Ina has show rankings. Um, did not do the, the grouping stuff here, but I'll just read through this real quick. Uh, well, this is like, I'm assuming top to the bottom, you know, but we'll just start at the top and go down. Uh, Ghost in the Shell 2. This would be the movie Innocence. Utena, Utena the movie. Um, Iron-Blooded Orphans. Standalone Complex, Cromartie High School, Psychopaths, Ray Earth, Paranoia Agent, uh, Evangelion, Lane, Ghost in the Shell, the original movie, Kino, Bacchano, and then there's the line where I'm like, man, I think now I don't really like these anymore, Second Gig, and Always MS Team. So, yeah. 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 So. Gotta, I gotta know there's no non no, not in here. I got a note. <laughs> well, at least Ina's supporting you on the second gig. Uh, yeah. Hatred. Um, then, uh, Ina, I didn't have... need... Ina has to write back and, and specify where Nana ranks. Yeah. That's also, homework, Ina. uh, Ina, if you want to combine second gig with standalone complex and then rewrite, you can also do that. Uh, also the ghost in the shell movies together. <laughs> yeah, you have to follow our <laughs> our <laughs> ranking mechanism uh, yeah. next time around. Which I intentionally did because I felt like otherwise we wouldn't have some interesting mix-ups. You know, I feel like we'd be more aligned. Maybe that's not true anymore, but um, yeah, it also I, makes I think, it slightly easier to, to go through. Yeah, I think we'd be closer on a lot of stuff, for sure. Yeah. Um, then Ina finishes up with, uh, I didn't have time to go through all the OPs and EDs and shit, but I want it on record that Orphans No Amida is an all-timer. Um, it's not as good as Lithium Flower, but yes, it is. <laughs> it, it is. It's an all-timer. Yeah. Unfortunately, it is. it was competing with something that transcends music. <laughs> Uh, and then that's all I got. The holiday season is often a very unpleasant time for me personally, but having developed the little ritual around this annual episode and making time for the media and doing the email and stuff is always fun. So I do appreciate that you guys do this beyond just like, oh, hey, another cool, good episode of the show I like and getting to read a good book or watch a good movie. 
Uh, I hope you two have a fantastic Yule or whatever Connor does. If anything, if that's also Yule, then egg on my face, lol. And thank you for always doing the work that you do. You're just a Christmas. I was going to say Christmas girl. You're a Christmas guy. <laughs> You're um, not a Christmas yeah. girly. No. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, norm- I'm a normie um, mm. Christmas. Uh, so, yeah, we have. So no, no egg on your face, Ina. You're all good. Um, and then Juliet writes in uh, questions for end of the year pod. If this email makes it on time, it did. Um, do we, do we want to do this first question of why Barry Linden? Uh, I think it's better to, to do that question on ornate stairwells. Okay. Cause we'll let, I want autumn to also be able to answer that. Yeah. Why Barry uh, Linden? Yeah. Uh, question two, uh, best anime with the worst title for trying to talk about it to others. Uh, and then in, you know, note here, I revisited Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai this year. It's got a great <laughs> OP and I think a fun take on some science fiction and anime trips. Um, I'm going to limit this only to anime that I've actually watched uh, because I just I know that there, there's obviously a lot out there and I've seen some uh, some very off the wall titles, including this one. Uh, among the ones that I've watched, I think that time I got reincarnated as a slime, uh, this is pretty, it's pretty tough, (laughs) uh, pretty tough to introduce in a conversation if the, your interlocutors don't already know what it is. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think if I have like a, a big one like this, um, Especially also trying to limit to, like, stuff that I've really watched. Like, I feel like Yuri Kumarashi is the one that's, like, the most, uh, there is, but it's not the title, you know? The title isn't the It's thing. the concept. Yeah. It's when you look at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess I'm just looking through, like... In my my Annie list anime that I said that I've completed, uh, mm-hmm. Magical Angel Creamy Mommy is is definitely <laughs> up. <laughs> uh, mommy spelled M A M I, but that doesn't help that much. No, it doesn't. Yeah, um, I feel like that might be the one. How is but, how um, is Creamy spelled? Normal, normal Creamy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. I like that kind. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the biggest one. This is when I'm looking through these titles. Uh, say, say it again. Um, what is it? Uh, let me let me make sure because it's like because normally I would just call. You must it have watched that one really late at night. Um, this is one that I watched like a long time ago. Magical Angel, Creamy Mommy. Got it. Um, you can't go wrong with any of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like an early magical girl thing, but it it also has its it, it's a. Uh, it's a, a slightly weird one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, I get, I can yeah. not that surprised. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the, the, the biggest one. Um, again, there are things where like, if someone looks at it, it's star jewel, not that weird of a name. Uh, very questionable. If you look up what star jewel is. 
Um, yeah, I, I might need to do that because um, I'm not familiar. Yeah. I, I do like Rascal does not dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. I think my favorite part of this is the assertion that he does not or that they do, <laughs> they do not. Yeah. That yeah. one's really probably the oddest part of the title. Yeah. Uh, specifically that the does not. If it was like, Rascal thinks of Bunny Girl Senpai or dreams or like, of, yeah, dreams of Bunny yeah. Girl Senpai. Yeah. Yeah, like that does not makes it weirder. Yeah, that really that that kind of hooks me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'll uh, follow Juliet's recommendation and uh, uh, maybe maybe check that one out. Um, did you look up the the anime Star Jewel? Oh, not yet. One word or two. Okay. Um. So normally it's written as star and then a star symbol and then jewel. Oh, okay. What's the first? I was just waiting for some wild image to pop up is the first thing. Yeah, I feel like the images here are actually less weird than um, I initially expected, but. Oh, okay. Um, Hold on. You're still probably finding stuff. Okay, yeah, here we go. Sentence three. Both types of goddesses are equipped with powers to fight, but their strongest weapons are their retractable penises. <laughs> Flooding the enemy with pleasure is the only surefire way to win. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> objectionable content, pornography. Um, yeah. Where does the pornography come in? Um. So they, <laughs> they like steal people's life force by having sex with them. Got it. It's just like a weird uh, early like Fudinari hentai thing um, that I have watched. <laughs> it does just have, it's not good. It does have weird theme stuff happening sometimes. G- General Rhino's gang. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, uh, hmm. Yeah. There's a lot going on here. <laughs> Even more questionable than Yurikuma Arashi. Um, but the title is just Star Jewel. That's normal. Um, number three. What are, you, <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on at least he text- gets that far? Uh, what are your thoughts on textually poly protagonists as a way to resolve a love triangle, a la Atra Mika, uh, Mika Kudelia? Um, I mean, I I think like it's a thing that I enjoy about Iron Blooded Orphans. This like, you know, resolving of this love triangle. Um, I think there's a way that sometimes like, especially queer audiences will look at a love triangle that exists in like a work of fiction and be like, Oh, if they were all just like in a polycule, this would solve it. Um, and I, and I think that like that in and of itself does not resolve the tensions that exist in relationships. So I think there's like a, there's a way that, um, people talk about this that I feel like, uh, oversimplifies or something like it, it just makes it the fix for something where it's like, no, there's still like work that has to be done with relationships, you know? Um, yeah, but it is nice to see it as, a uh, an option. option. Yeah. Um, yeah. And not just always the, Oh, here's the love triangle where like, it, you know, often it's going to be, and then the, the two girls get pit against each other or whatever. Um, yeah. Um, 
going along with with all that i think like most things um there's probably a way that uh could be done really well and then there's obviously ways that could be done poorly yeah um and i think we we discussed this uh on the ibo coverage to like the ways that it could have gone wrong or or maybe it um even with an IBO where it it's like seems to point in a certain direction that if you went in that direction, it could be um, not quite as productive or, um, but yeah, the oversimplifying and then the just like, uh, I think assumptions being made about uh, kind of like just railroading characters into this uh without further thought um yeah just because it's a love triangle would be would be a bad approach yeah um final question uh this is favorite sandwich of 2023 this is an amazing question yeah um i thought about this for a little bit uh there's a like cafe near us that um one of the things they do is like they'll have a, a special for like their breakfast sandwich and their uh like lunch sandwich. Um and this past summer they were doing like a number of different po'boys. Um and they did both there's a pot roast po'boy that was really good. And then they like used the leftover pot roast to like do grits with the pot roast that was pretty good. Um but like especially the the pot roast po' boy was really good. Um, and then they also did like a vegetarian po' boy once that was fried green tomatoes po' boy. Um, and that was also incredible. So uh, I think those are like, they're like tied in my head, but those are the sandwiches. I don't get sandwiches that much, but I do from that place. Cause it's like sort of what they do, like bagels and sandwiches. Um, so I have to, uh, to call out, um, so there's a restaurant called uh, Ketu. I think it's the right pronunciation, K-E-T-A-W, in Montreal, uh, where Sarah and I went in May. Uh, and it's a Cambodian restaurant. Uh, they have um, sandwiches called Num Pong, N-U-M-P-A-N-G. Again, might be pronouncing incorrectly. Uh, but we both got one. And... Uh, I'm just reading off the menu now, but it's uh, on a baguette, which I guess they make in the house. Uh, pickled papaya and carrot, cucumber, red onion, coriander, uh, like the the herb, uh, homemade mayonnaise, hoisin sauce, and soya sauce. And then there's different options, but the one I got was the lemongrass and um, galangal beef yeah and that was unreal uh there's also a place here in cincinnati that i went and i i can't i feel bad because i can't remember the name and i'm not i'm not gonna look it up but uh, i had an excellent torta ahogada which is like one of my favorite sandwiches uh ever um whenever i get a chance to get a a torta ahogada i always do it because those are amazing um so those are probably my top two of the year. 
Yeah. Those sound good. They were. Um, and Juliet finishes with happy holidays. That that's it. We're done. Um, you know, I will do plugs. I didn't like put them in here cause I don't think I did them last year, but, uh, if people want to write in to, you know, future episodes of, you know, the new year special or to the, the Nana question bucket that's coming up or whatever, you can send those to ghost divers pod. Obviously if you have Barry Linden questions and you felt like you, you thought that you missed your window. Good news. You still have like a week or so. Uh, so write in ghost divers pod at gmail.com. Um, go listen to pondering Pluton If you haven't, it's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm happy to do it every week with you. Um, you know, listen to ornate stairwells. Obviously you will be guesting on it soon, but just in general, uh, movie podcast, have a lot of fun with that one. Um, listen to ornate <clears throat> around the, the long fire. Um, the podcast that I do with M where we read like classic literature basically. And we talk a little bit about it and then we just talk about all sorts of other things, including like M's the person I talk to the most about VTuber stuff because of all the people I podcast with, they follow VTuber stuff the most. So if you want all of my Narissa Ravencroft updates, that's the best place to get them. Um, that's it for like, you know, <laughs> podcasts that we do, uh, do go support the network export odd.io. Um, I think it's worth it. Like $1 gets you a bunch of stuff early. Uh, $5 gets you like bonus episodes of especially coffee and comic books. But there's, a, there's a great like treasure trove of, of bonus episodes that you can get. If you do the $5, uh, just highly encourage people to, to like support the network and support the work that we're doing. Um, you know, it's especially helpful for, for Autumn and Nora who are running that network, uh, and put a lot of work, both like, on a mic, but then also behind the scenes into to making the network run. So, um, I think that's about it. You can find me at Fox Omnia on Twitter and any other social media platform I'm on. Where can people find you, Connor? Y'all can find me at Rabelais, R-A-B-B-L-E-A-I-S on Twitter and co-host. Um, that's, that's it. Are we just saying bye or do, do we have yeah. happy new year? Um, yeah. Happy new year. Happy holidays. Um, I'm wishing everyone, um, an amazing 2024. Um, thank you so much for, for listening. Um, excited to, uh, we missed one thing in our retrospective of 2023. Fucking Kissinger died. Oh yeah. That ruled. (laughs) Yeah. Um, whenever you get some, (laughs) the other awful people die. Yeah, whenever you get some validation that uh, justice uh, may still exist in the world, <laughs> it's always nice. Um, so, yeah, that's a great thing to go into 2024 on. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, podcast-specific, um, thanks again for listening, everyone. Um, thank you for writing in. And uh, very excited for 2024 and uh, continuing to um cover stuff um and uh hopefully continuing to have y'all listen so yeah that's my bit uh that's my sentimental bit um motoko <laughs> motoko tonight 
I'm gonna have myself a real good time. I feel alive. I, 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 and the world. I'll turn it inside out. Yeah, I'm floating around in ecstasy. So don't stop me now. And don't. Stop me, cause I'm having a good time, having a good time. I'm a shooting star leaping through the sky like a tiger defying the laws of gravity. I'm a racing car passing by like Lady Godiva. I'm gonna go, go, go. There's no stopping me. I'm burning through the sky, yeah. 200 degrees, that's why they call me Mr. Fahrenheit. I'm traveling. Speed of light. I'm gonna make a supersonic man out of you. Don't stop me now. I'm having such a good time. I'm having a ball. Don't stop me now. If you wanna have a good time, just give me a call. Cause I'm having a good time. Yes, I'm having a good time. I don't wanna stop at all. I'm a rocket ship on my way to Mars On a collision course, I am a satellite I'm out of control, I'm a sex machine Ready to reload like an atom bomb About to oh, 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 explode I'm burning through the sky, yeah 200 degrees, that's why they call me Mr. Fahrenheit I'm traveling at the speed of light I wanna make a supersonic woman Have a good time, good time. Oh, hey, hey, all right. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. I'm burning through the sky, yeah. 200 degrees, that's why they call me Mr. Sonic man out of you Don't stop me now I'm having such a good time I'm having a ball If you wanna have a good time Just give me a call Cause I'm having a good time Yes, I'm having a good time I don't wanna stop at all da 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 dum, da 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 da, ah ah, la da la. Wait, buttons hit. Buttons <laughs> hit. Let's old some leg sign. Yeah. <laughs> um, you tell me the time. Okay. Yeah. The olding time. Yeah. We're gonna do uh. Hmm. First decision of the podcast. Already it's a difficult one. We're going to do 24. 24? 24 seconds. Okay.
Is that like for Christmas Eve or something? For 2024. Oh, oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I just didn't put that together. You're like 24. <laughs> what a fucking <laughs> loathsome number. Why would you um, ever choose that? Well, unfortunately, we're about to be living in it. Well, not unfortunately. Mm. Fortunately, we're about to be living in it. <laughs> uh, really got to retract that one quickly because uh, of, uh, well, you know, superstition yeah. and whatnot. Um, I'm very grateful and uh, fortunate to uh, presumably uh, make it to 2024. I'll be very happy and grateful if that happens. Um, Want to do a, a quick drink check? Of course. Um, I've got a pretty substantial one on my side, so I'll let you okay. go first. Well, I'll be pretty quick. Um, so I'm feeling under the weather. I'm like just on the edge that if we, if I didn't have like a bunch of recording that I was trying to get done before Yule, um, I would have been like, ah, do you want to like push this to another day? But I don't really have time like this week. And so we just have to like cascade down ghost divers. Um, so it was like right on the edge. Uh, so I don't have any alcohol, but I have, uh, so I have, uh, Verner's of course. Oh yeah. Um, I've got liquid dust so I can have some, yeah, I have liquid dust so I can have some extra bubbly. Um, and I'm also starting out with, I did some boiled water with honey and like a bunch of lemon juice. Um, so that's what I'm drinking right now. Okay. Yeah. Which is quite so nice when you're, when your throat's kind of rough. So are you like keeping it boiling? No, it's, <laughs> it's cooling down now, but okay. Okay. I don't uh, have like an entire setup with a, uh, like, I mean, I guess I do have the, the power, like I could plug in an electric, you have an outlet in there kettle, but yeah. Yeah. You know, um, that's a great way to descale. Well, I'm sure you know this. It's a great way to descale your electric kettle is chop up a lemon and just throw some lemon in there and then like set it to boiling uh, and like wipe it out. Yeah. With the lemon juice. And then you like run through non water <laughs> uh, and yeah. then boil it again, dump it out and then you're good to go. Um, If you're getting those yeah. black spots in your electric kettle, don't be afraid. It's probably not mold. It's just like calcification. Just yeah. cut up a lemon and descale it. Um, and we also have like the decalcifying stuff that we have to run through our, our uh, espresso machine. So, mm, yeah. But I usually use like uh, already filtered water for my, my kettle. So I don't get like stuff doesn't calcify that fast or anything. I mean, it still does, but yeah, it helps. Yeah, I just anyway, use mine so much that it, I just, I don't think it matters. Yeah. It builds up. Um, What have you got? Yeah, so um, I have beer. Uh, this is the uh, Vlad Pilsner by Fretboard Brewing Company, which we all, which we know from the Nana. Yeah. Uh, the Nana episode drink checks. I'm really... I'm hoping this is a fridge clearer uh, because I have, I've accumulated so much beer. <laughs> so you've I, also got like psychopathy and everything. 
the psychopathy is, I think psychopathy is run through at this point. Okay. I really had to grit my way through that because it was a kind of beer that I didn't like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if you remember, if there was a drink check during Psychopaths and I was like, yeah, this is pretty good. I was lying. It's not, I didn't enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't remember what I said about it, but it wasn't, it wasn't my favorite. And so I kind of gripped my way through it. So, but yeah, to your question, I do, I have this one. And then I have this Oktoberfest beer, which was non-thematic to ghost divers, uh, which is like a death sentence for just continuing to, uh, languish in my fridge forever. Uh, like and and to not be consumed, because if I don't have an excuse to drink beer on, if I'm not doing it for ghost divers, I'm probably not drinking it. So, yeah, all of this unwise Oktoberfest uh, beer choice is still hanging over my head. Uh, I've got that here as a backup. Yeah, we'll see if I if I make it through. If normally if I make it, if I'm drinking my second beer on the recording, that's where we we start to become at risk of going off the rails. So yeah, and for, with me being under the weather, I would like to, I would like to knock on wood, uh, have this be a, a slightly shorter recording. Okay, yeah, a message received there. Yeah. Um, anyway, I've got water which we all know and love. And I've got some Coke uh, because Sarah and I just came back from a comedy show and uh, she was like, can we stop at McDonald's? And I'm like, I got to record a podcast in 30 minutes. And so of course we stopped at McDonald's. Yeah. Uh, And then I got, I got Coke for caffeine. uh, And so I've got that here. Um, I also just made like black tea when I got home and chugged the entire thing. So this is definitely going to be like a, maybe two multiple body break recording. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, there's a lot of fluid here, but, uh, it's all accounted for now. So that's all the fluid that I have, uh, on my desk currently. All right. Um, Shall shall we get to the episode? We shall. At some point. Okay. Um, You don't have more drinks, do you? No, not yet. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Ominous. Um, All right, I'll start the podcast. Let me make a little mark. And so I cry
get a useless item, then I will put it on my ass. I don't think I should stick this up my ass. I will stick this up. I don't know what's going on, guys. Fuck this. We're getting out of here. Yeah. 